since the election, Republicans have been passing a series of, I guess you can call them voter reform laws that seek to kind of pull back a lot of the leeways that were given because of the pandemic. Uh, To make it simple, because of the pandemic, we made voting very, very easy. And with that ease comes a lot of insecurity. So a lot of Republicans have been saying, okay, let's let's pull back a little bit of the mail-in voting. Let's reduce some of the hours. But for the most part, a lot of these bills still leave a lot of open space for Democrats. That's not stopped the media and Democrats from saying these are voter restriction bills because they want to retain every single leeway they got during the pandemic. Right now in Texas, there's supposed to be a special session where they're going to vote to actually have some of these reforms. But the Democrats have fled on three private jets to D.C., illegally to block what's called a quorum. So we're going to talk about this. And we've also got a bunch of other stories. South Africa has, has, has it is it is getting crazy. I mean, the, the looting, the violence, the rioting is so severe. You're seeing videos of citizens just shooting at rioters. There's, there's even videos purporting to show police officers joining in the looting. Now, I don't know if that's true and completely, but there's a lot of accusations showing cops loading up vans. So maybe that's the case. And so we'll get into all this, and we have a, a great guest to talk about what's going on in Texas, someone who's actually now running for the governor of Texas, yeah. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is joining us. It's good to be back with you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Right on. Do you want to just do a quick little 30-second intro, or just tell people who you are? Well, just uh, you know, 22-year combat veteran, United States uh, Army, uh, also a former member of the United States House of Representatives, been living there in Texas since 2014. I'm the former chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. I submitted my resignation on the 4th of June and on the 4th of July announced uh, my candidacy for the governor of Texas. Did people see that one coming? I think a lot of people thought that it was something out there, you know, but uh, <laughs> we, we kind of kept people at, at bay. But when I uh, put in the resignation from being the chairman, some folks realized that, yeah, he's he's looking at going into elected office again. Let's, we'll, we'll talk about that, too, because Texas is one of the states that people really love. Yeah. I mean, for one, everyone loves Texas. Yeah. But considering what happened with the lockdowns, Texas and Florida are way up there with what people appreciate. So we'll get into all that stuff, too. Sure. We got Ian chilling. What up, everybody? Ian Crossland over here. Alan, good to see you again, good man. Good to be back, man. I'm, I'm excited to hear your story about how you winded down with the um, with the head of the Republican uh, – what was it? The, the head Republican, of the Republican Party of Texas, Party? yeah. And uh, how he, the transition was. So let's get into that in a little while. Yeah, I'm also here in the corner. I'm very excited to hear some more of Lieutenant Colonel Alan Miss West. Producer. That's right. I'm here. I'm very <laughs> special. I want to hear that wisdom. So I'm excited oh to get my into gosh. it tonight. Okay. Right. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. And you'll be doing two things. For one, you'll get access to our exclusive members-only segments, which there will be one after this show. Usually it goes up around 11 p.m. And this one's going to be a bit spicy. There's a big story that we probably are – we'll save that one for the members-only. It's about a rainbow monkey. You may have heard this one. But we're going to save that for the after show because this one's going to get probably too spicy for YouTube. But become a member because not only are you doing that, but you're helping us expand. And you're actually going to get a preview for those that are watching of what the new website is going to look like. It is alpha demo version, but we're actually using one of the articles about Texas that we have from the alpha version of the site. So you're going to see the site's going to look fantastic, and then you'll know what your membership helps support. So again, TimCast.com, become a member, but don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Right now, share the show with your friends, post it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever else, with a subject matter, what we're talking about, because that's the most powerful thing anyone can do right now. As most of you probably know, the big tech companies censor. They just censored Donald Trump's speech at CPAC where he was talking about censorship. It's it's beautifully ironic. It's a fire truck on fire. 
There's one thing they can't stop, though, when an individual decides to share content that doesn't fall outside of their nebulous guidelines. They're always trying to change the rules and argue something. But as long as the content can exist, they'll try to suppress it. Soft power, soft pressure to shut it down. When you share it, you overcome every obstacle they throw in our path. But keep that in mind for all of your favorite channels, be it Crowder, SixXNM, or anybody else. You got to be sharing that content. So let's read this first story. Let's just jump right into it. We got NBC News reporting. Texas Democrats flee state in effort to block GOP-backed voting restrictions. The lawmakers are on their way to Washington to advocate for federal voting rights legislation, risking arrest by leaving during the special session. I just want to point out very quickly, I love how it's always framed in the media, voting restrictions. Voting suppression. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Absolutely. And one of the things you have to understand is if you go back to April of last year, uh, Eric Holder, who is the chairman of the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, wrote an op-ed piece in Time magazine. And the title of that op-ed piece was How Coronavirus Should Permanently Change Elections in America. And what did they lay out? They lay out the fact that they were going to use universal mail-in ballots, which is different from absentee balloting. Absentee balloting is a control mechanism. Uh, you have to send in, like in the military, you have to send in requests for the ballot, and it's sent back to you, controlled, absolutely. But they're talking about just flooding the zone with ballots that are out there. And one of the things that we have evaded in uh, Harris County, which is the largest county in the state of Texas, third largest in the United States of America, is around Houston. The uh, county clerk down there wanted to mail out 2.7 million ballots against a voter registration roll that had never been reviewed. What? Wow. And I think if 2.7 <clears throat> million ballots had just gotten out there in Texas, which Donald Trump only won by 620,000. Now, that's the type of thing that they want to have. They want to have 24-hour voting uh, in Texas. So I guess we're going to have polling locations at Waffle House and Denny's and things of that nature. Un- unchecked. Nobody, unchecked. Nobody watching. No, no Nobody watching. And then the other thing that they want is curbside voting. Now, curbside voting in the Texas Constitution is very clearly defined if you are, you know, unable to get out of your car, you go to a polling location and you arrange for your ballot to be submitted there at that polling location. They just want curbside voting anywhere. As a matter of fact, that exact same person, Chris Holland, set up nine different curbside voting locations all across Harris County. Now, those are the type of things that we're trying to eliminate from happening. Signature verification. Stop having uh, poll watchers, Republican poll watchers, being bullied and not allowed to go in and do what they're supposed to do, watching the uh, the ballot counting process. But what is so funny, Tim, because, you know, I just flew up here uh, to, tech, uh, to, to D.C. I was on an American Airlines plane. I had to wear a mask and everything. But there's a picture of these Democrats flying up here on the private jets. And guess who's sitting on the front row of one of those private jets without a mask? My state representative, Retta Bowers, wow. throwing up the peace sign. So I really do feel represented. Thanks a <laughs> I, lot, I, Retta. I, I, real quick, um, I also bet to get on that plane, you had to show an ID. I bet they didn't. Oh, on no, me? you, you. Oh, I had to show an ID. Right, right, right. Yeah. Were, were you able to board the plane curbside? Uh, no, I was not able to board the plane <laughs> curbside. And I had to be on time. Did, I, it, it was not a 24-hour window for me to board the plane. Did the plane come to your house unannounced without you asking for it and then offer you a, a ride? I don't really have a good runway. <laughs> <laughs> so. See, it, it, it's funny. I mean, obviously, I'm being a little bit facetious. Yeah. But with uh, with these voting restrictions, it eliminates a lot of the security. Basic, basic Absolutely. security. Curbside. I mean, when I uh, during the, the primaries, mm-hmm. when I was in New Jersey – I got a mail-in ballot for somebody who did not live at my house, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know why. It was a legit full ballot, and then what am I supposed to do with it? It's not and mine. I don't I don't know. It's election mail. I don't want to touch it. Yeah, but when you combine that with ballot harvesting, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and the next thing you know, someone comes around and picks up that ballot, and then it is actually officially counted. See, that's what the left wants. And the other thing that I find so interesting is that these Texas Democrats who are really obstructing the legislative process in the Lone Star State, they're up here talking about more federal control of elections. Well, the Constitution does not give the federal government any enumerated power. It has not delegated any power for them to run elections in the United States of America. There's no centralized control. But that's one of the socialist tenets is nationalizing production, not just economic production, but also all we see uh, elections. They, they have to do it one grain at a time. Yes. They can't just come out. But this uh, this H.R. 1 that they're trying to do federally, it effectively nationalizes it does. elections. And the point, I, I, this is lost on Democrats. The craziest thing, because it's not a Republican issue, it's basic American civics that mm-hmm. each state has, uh, the senators represent a state to the federal government because we are a union of sovereign states. Free and independent states, that's what the declaration says. So they each state has their election and determines who they want to submit as electors. Yeah. They want, they, they want, I, I don't, I don't know where this myth or this lie comes from, but you have a very large uneducated population of people who genuinely believe a national popular vote makes sense because they don't understand that we are a United States of America. Absolutely. And it's a representative democracy. So now all of a sudden when you read H.R. 1, what does H.R. 1 says? H.R. 1 says that there will be no picture ID. Anywhere in the United States of America. Really? <laughs> and it, there will be no voter registration roll review. Anywhere in the United States of America. Really? Mm-hmm. That there are going to be universal mail-in ballots. That's going to be the standard all across the United States of America. So basically, we're just going to mail out ballots all over the place, and uh, people can fill them out like you just talked about. It's, 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 it's like treating our elections like a raffle. You know, we, I don't know. you got to take us got a number on it, right? Congratulations. You won the prize. Well, you know what's so amazing, Tim, is, and, you know, Ian and I were talking previously, you know, at the times that I served in combat, I was in combat trying to help people establish voting systems that now are probably better than ours. I mean, <laughs> you know, I would, you know, everyone remember the purple finger. Well, now, I mean, I don't think we have any way of really determining who's been voting out there. Where, where were you when you were set, trying to set up the, the voting system? That was in Iraq. I mean, in Iraq. in Iraq and then also in Afghanistan. We were trying to uh, implement these democratic principles and, and fundamentals. And now here in the United States of America, we're eroding and undermining our democratic principles and fundamentals. We used to be the gold standard. Show me another country in the world that says we're just going to mail out ballots. Uh, Rand, yeah, a, without checking. Without checking. That to me is absolutely insane. Well, it is insane, but that's how you get the one party control, which is exactly what the progressive socialists want in America. It's, it's, you know, I look at, you, you want your voting system to be a well-oiled machine where each part of that process is mappable. You can track this piece goes to this piece, to this piece, to this piece. So when the ballot comes out, we know where the ballot came from. We know who sent it. We know who got it and why, whether they went in person or they got an absentee ballot, which has mm-hmm. that chain of custody. Now it seems like they're just trying to turn it into, into a splotch. They you are. can't track where things are going. You can't, you know, yep. we, we had that election, I think it was in North Jersey, where they found a big bundle of ballots all just tied together, absentee ballots. And that it made no mathematical sense. So this caused a federal judge to say, do over. Mm-hmm. That's that, that we, we can't have that. How yeah. are we supposed to have confidence in a system? Well, you can't. And, and, you know, this is what has happened. It is not coincidental. So at the same time that we're trying to nationalize elections and not have any picture ID, no signature verification on these mail in ballots, we got an open borders policy. We got hundreds of thousands of people flowing into the state of Texas. Uh, or planes that are all of a sudden showing up in the middle of the night in Tennessee. Well, you, you know, b- before we get into all that, I want to mention something about that. 
you know those people get represented in the electoral vote regardless of whether or not they cast a vote. That's because the the left does not believe that the census should be based upon exactly. citizenship. Yep. They want the census to be based upon numbers. And so they're flooding it in because they want to have what? They want to have those districts that <coughs> will lean more so toward the Democrats. I, th- I think it was Tucker Carlson. He was saying that Democrats want illegal immigrants because they want votes. Something to that effect. I think yeah. it was Tucker. And uh, the media went nuts. It's funny when you can tell when someone's over target when they're like, oh, Taking he's, flat. A, he's a racist and a yeah. white supremacist. And uh, he's technically right, but he misses one piece of it. Democrats don't need illegal immigrants to go and vote. They just need the census. Yes. So in California, I think it was uh, um, I think it was maybe Heritage. They said that uh, California gets about one extra electoral vote because of the amount of illegal immigration in the state. Mm-hmm. The illegal immigrants are counted on the census. Uh, congressional seats are then apportioned based on the census number, not the amount of citizens. Mm-hmm. And then you get electoral votes based on how many reps And think about what you just said. What just happened in this last round of the census? California lost yep. an electoral seat. And New York, I think, too, right? And New York, too. And guess who picked up two? Texas. <laughs> wow. Nice. Right when you have the open borders and everything that's happening. And why did you see them all? The, remember, they pushed off the census. They pushed off the results. And as soon as Joe Biden gets in, what's one of the first things he does by unconstitutionally by executive order, opens up the borders, and now we have the flood of people that are coming in. To, to be fair, though, California's got some pretty open border policies. I mean, they're offering up health care to illegal oh, yeah. immigrants under a certain age. So, you know, they ended up losing, I think, because of the mass exodus. But I also, I'll also throw this out there as well. Texas did gain, but I think people are fleeing California into Texas. They are. And there are two types of people that are fleeing, not just California, but Illinois, New York, New Jersey, coming into Texas and other successful red states. You have those people that have given up. They say, I'm tired of it. I'm a conservative. I want to go somewhere where I can live under conservative principles and policies. But then you also have the folks that are part of the transplanted workforce. When you pick up and you move a corporation or business, like we've seen State Farm, Liberty Mutual, Toyota North America, Elon Musk coming out of these places. Places. And the key thing is that we've got to convey to these presidents and CEOs, tell your folks that if they want to continue to vote like that, stay. But don't come here to Texas, which you're trying to come here because you want to benefit from our economic policies. And the next thing you know, it's, it's, I call it the locust effect mm. because California used to be a strong red state. Oh, yeah. Until like, what, 92, I think. Absolutely. And look what happened. Yeah. Have you ever seen that comic somebody made where Joe Rogan, he's walking from California to Texas? And he's carrying, uh, he's got a travel bag that says mm-hmm. liberal policies on it. And then there's like a cowboy in Texas like, whoa, don't bring that with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and a lot of people down in Texas will say, we need to have a border wall, not just on the southern border, but also on the west side of mm-hmm. Texas as well. And we need to have people <laughs> turn in that blue card and we can give them a red card. Yeah, you got to vote this way. Yeah. I mean, I, I moved out of Philly and we're now basically in West Virginia. And I've got a bunch of people here like, you know, I, I went to a store. It was really funny. Because they were talking about, all oh, these liberals are moving out here, and you can tell. And then I laugh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm one of them. I moved from Philly, and then their eyes just like. Oh, yeah, they squint. And then I went, don't worry, don't worry. I'm not going to vote for any of their you know, people because yeah. I'm, I'm jaded. And they went, oh, okay, all right. Well, vote Republican. And I was like, eh, if they're good, if they're good. I'm not, I'm not playing those games anymore. You yeah. know? Well, you got to vote on principles. And I think that that's one of the things that you're looking at uh, that is happening in the country is that it is no longer so much about political party. It's about your principles and values. It's the ideology. It's the principle, the philosophy of governance. Because you can have Republicans that are progressives. You can have Republicans that believe in big government spending and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, the United States Chamber of Commerce supports open borders. Why? Because they want cheap labor. 
And that still hurts people, too. So you got one political party that wants, because of quote-unquote votes or to skew the census and the population, then you have another political party that wants the cheap labor. This, this, this is something that I was just thinking about recently because uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center called me a reactionary, yeah. which is funny because I'm like actually kind of a reformer, which is not – you know, reactionaries want to keep the old system. And I'm like, no, I think we got to make a lot of changes to that system. I just don't want to burn it down. And I thought it was pretty funny because policy-wise – you know, I'm thinking about the political compass and like whether I'm, you know, I'm like, what are my positions? And so I actually, on the political compass, I'm fairly left libertarian. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something that easily, like, you can easily understand this. Uh, I think you and I like America, the Constitution. We like the country, yeah. we like our borders. We like our freedom. And there's like a difference in policy ideas. But the interesting thing about this is if I say something like I'm actually in favor of a basic universal health care system with private insurance – that doesn't mean left anymore unless you hate America. It's, and I know it might sound a little bit hyperbolic or exaggerated to say like this, oh, you liberals hate America. But I mean, think about this. When it comes to progressives, how many of the people do you see on TV saying they want universal health care will also proudly wave the American flag and say this, this country was founded on amazing, on, on, on great principles mm-hmm. that planted the seeds of freedom? They're not going to say those things. They're not. And think about what we saw happen on Independence Day. You know, coming from Maxine Waters, coming from, you know, Cory Bush, who I don't understand how Cory Bush is in the United States House mm-hmm. of Representatives. You got a picture downstairs in your basement of David Dorn. Yeah, we do. And, and that was the police officer that was killed because of the violent, uh, protests that Cory Bush led. Murderous riots. A murderous riots. And now she's sitting in the United States House of Representatives, a member of the House Judiciary Committee. But Cory Bush stood there and said that blacks in America still aren't free. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay. Uh, I was born in a blacks-only hospital in 1961. How am I not free? But when they continue to spew that rhetoric, and you still have people that buy into it, that listen to it, then they start to believe, yeah, you know, I'm not free. I'm owed something. I need reparations. I need all of these things. And that's why, like I said last time, a show like yours is so important to get this message out, especially to the millennial generation. In, in your, in your, uh, I don't want to go too much into this because I want to talk about this in depth. But you, uh, you showed us your your uh, announcement video for the governorship, and you included the names of several black men who are like pioneers and founders in Texas of, I think, Texas A and M. Yeah, uh, State Senator Matthew Gaines, who. Uh, Former slave, but ended up being a state senator in Texas and co-founded uh, Texas A&M University and Prairie View A&M. Uh, G.T. Ruby, Texas State uh, House of Representatives. Uh, and then the very first black chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, which was founded by 150 black men, Norris Raccoonie, a Houston, uh, a Galveston businessman. Those men have, they, they prove anybody with hard work can succeed and they have accomplished more than, than all of these progressive racist activists will, will ever accomplish. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And see what they also prove is that they were not defined by what they were. They were defined by what they would become. And what they did. Absolutely. Their legacy. That's the legacy. But, uh, uh you mentioned Cory Bush. There's one other person who, uh, uh, also helped lead the charge for these riots. And I, I want to bring this up because I have a question about this. Uh, that person obviously was Kamala Harris. Yes. She tweeted out the link to donate to rioters. Who, I mean, some of these people, I'm not going to list their crimes, but there's some very serious crimes some of these writers mm-hmm. had committed. And she just blanket says, we're going to, we're going to, you know, raise money to bail them out. She said, the Texas House Democrats protest, that's what she calls it, a protest, shows extraordinary courage. So for those that are just tuning in, this is basically the Democrats in Texas are illegally blocking a vote mm-hmm. by fleeing the state in private jets to, to where DC, I think, right? Yeah. And Kamala Harris, I wonder if there's like a is is it is it illegal to to encourage someone to commit a crime? Is it you know? Am I am I going too far by her saying it's just courage? Did she actually encourage them to do it? Well, that, that's we call that being an accessory. 
<laughs> and, and, and people go to jail for being an accessory. But remember that the Texas Democrats, they did that in the final days of our regular session at the end of May. And they took a trip up here to uh, Washington, D.C. They were met by the vice president, and she called them courageous and all of these things. So this has already been in the books. This was cooked up. You know, we went into a special session last week, Thursday, and for whatever reason, our Speaker of the House down there in, in Texas put the House on recess. And next thing you know, yeah, they're on recess. They're up here playing around wow. uh, in Washington, D.C. You know, I, I feel like when you get to the point where the political parties are engaging in voting instead of policy like so so the goal of the democrats now is to affect how the vote happens mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like the last barrier to the system falling apart yes. because it's one thing when you have everyone saying okay we agree these are the rules now let's play the game yeah now you've got you're, you're at the point where you're 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 you know in the fourth quarter and the other coach is saying we're going to change the rules that rule doesn't count we got to change the everybody come here we're changing the rules we all agree it's like no 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 sums up if they can't defend themselves on policy and they're now saying we need to change the voting rules. That sounds like they've got an argument to make. That sounds like how you lose a country. And when you allow them to take such petulant actions, let's just put it this way. If Republicans were to do this exact same thing, what would be the number one story on MS, LSD, CNN, NBC? Uh, what would be the number one it story? It is the story. Republican voter suppression across the country. Yeah, but that's how they flip it. Right. Just the same as when Jen Psaki comes out and says Republicans want to defund mm. the police. These guys, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it was, but these guys are masterful in how they can manipulate language. I mean, all of a sudden they have redefined what infrastructure is. Yeah. You know, and, and so what we've got to do, we've got to get better with that. We, we've got to have that little strategic, uh, you know, cell that sits down and thinks about where they're going to go and how do we block it. We got to talk about freedom. The word, the definition, what does it mean? Because it's, a, it's an anti-government slogan. It, it has apparently now, yeah, <laughs> screaming freedom in Cuba is anti-government. Uh, it is. <laughs> but so we got to define freedom. What is freedom? I don't have the freedom to go next door and rip food out of the guy's refrigerator. I don't have the freedom to throw you guys against the wall. I don't have freedom in that sense. Mm-hmm. We have created restrictions for a society in which we gain certain types of freedom. And so voter restriction in a lot of ways enhances freedom because it, it creates a restrictive system that works better than just a throw it against the wall and see what sticks type of anarchy freedom. Where well, let's, 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 let's put it this way um, to, to help clarify your point. If you had uh, um, an electrical current go into water, those electrons are just free to mill about. Yes. You're not going to solve any equations with it. But if you restrict the flow of those electrons, you can solve complex equations. Mm-hmm. Computers constrict the flow. They restrict. And so I think about this voting stuff, and restriction is, is, is a false framing. They're trying to make it seem like Republicans are trying to take away people's rights, mm. when in actuality, it's about securing the process, which yeah. guarantees your rights so that someone can't come in and steal it. For every for every uh, mis, uh, un, unmatched signature— for every ballot that should have been rejected because it was late or whatever, mm-hmm. that comes in, that negates your your due diligence, the hard work you did to, to abide by the rules. Absolutely. But the thing is that let's put it in a historical context if we want to talk about voting. Uh, who has always been the party that was against voting rights? Who has always been the party that was about voting suppression? 
okay, if I remember right, the 14th Amendment, that was Republicans, you know, and, and, and that was to give blacks recently freed slaves, which is the reason why the Republican Party was founded, 13th Amendment, which the Democrats voted against. They also voted against the 14th Amendment. They've taken that equal protection under the law clause, <clears throat> and they perverted it. The Democrats were the ones that came up with Jim Crow. So I really do find it kind of laughable when, you know, everyone's saying Jim Crow 2.0. Well, you guys should know about Jim Crow because you started it. <laughs> or you talk about the literacy tests and the poll taxes. When you talk about the Ku Klux Klan, why was the Ku Klux Klan founded? The Ku Klux Klan was founded for voter suppression to keep blacks from being able to go out and vote. The same type of blacks that founded the Republican Party of Texas and those gentlemen who became some early pioneers. And so that's what we have to start doing is saying that, you know, you guys have always been on the side of this historically. When you want to talk about systemic racism, it's you guys. Oh, they would know. I love that. Yeah. I love how they push the uh, the party switched line. <laughs> and it's 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 amazing to me that you have people who don't read the news, don't read history. They read looked, headlines. They read headlines. I know a lot of people from Chicago. People I've known my whole life, and they tweet things like, "I'll I'll be talking to them," and they'll say, "Yeah, well, the party switched." And I go, "When?" Well, it was like you know, like a couple decades ago, like the Republicans decided to be Democrats, and I was like, "Why?" You know what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They don't have an answer. I mean, certainly there are people who have come up with answers, but it's remarkable to me that by simply telling someone this, they go, got it. And they have no idea what it means. Mm-hmm. They have no idea about the history or the arguments. They just go along with it. And that's what they throw at you when you try Robert to Robert Byrd, you say you're close to West Virginia. Robert Byrd, senator from West Virginia, was always a Democrat. He was also a grand wizard in the Ku Klux Klan. Uh-huh. And he's the exact same guy that who eulogized him at his funeral. Joe Biden. Yep. And there's the same Joe Biden who referred to black men as predators. Now, when Joe Biden's standing there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's talking about the riots that were there and the murdering of blacks and the destruction of Black Wall Street, he kind of missed this little great historical anecdote that it was the Democrats who did that. Or when you try to take, you know, uh, Juneteenth, which is the day that blacks found out that they were free uh, down in Texas in 1865. And he tries to say that this is an Independence Day. Well, you know, they found out that they were free because of a Republican president and Republicans <laughs> and what they did and the Emancipation Proclamation that was signed by Abraham Lincoln, not because of Democrats. And so they're trying to steal history. And you, you're right. They just put out the soundbite. And so, yes, the party switched. And people just say, okay. And the more you say that, the more you say that people start to believe it. But when you anecdotally look at it, think about this, Tim, the longest filibuster in U.S. Senate history. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Senate Democrats against the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And they say that that was around the time the Democrats started switching. But I'd like to play just a little a little historical game of walking through a brief, a brief time through history, starting with what you just said. Democrats filibustering civil rights. Okay. From then, where was it? where we were having these pr- police brutality problems. And still to this day, the, 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 the left says there are police brutality problems. Well, it's New York. It's yeah. L.A. It's Chicago. Uh, who runs those cities? Yeah. They're not run by Republicans. Uh, you look at redlining and blockbusting. Where were those policies implemented? Mm-hmm. Why, that was Chicago. 
I'm sorry. I thought Chicago has been Democrat since like what, the 20s? The greatest amount of failure is in all of these Democrat cities. The greatest amount of crime, even though they try to say Republicans defunded police, the greatest amount of black on black uh, killing is in cities that are run by Democrats. But yet I have yet to see, you know, Miss Patrice Cullors of, you know, Black Lives Matter, the avowed Marxist that has three multi-million dollar properties. I barely have a house, you know, just you know, like $450,000. But yet I've never seen her go to Chicago, Detroit, uh, Atlanta, D.C., Philadelphia or any of these places. I got to correct you, though. I think actually she has five houses. Oh, I, but, but wow. they're not they're not Shame a, they're, on me. but they're only like half a million each. And one of them's over a million. I could be wrong, though. I, th- I think it's five. Okay. Well, I know there's four. three that, that I thought three were multi-million. Maybe the other two kind of bring the value down. I, I think what happened was people reported she had a multi-million dollar house empire. Okay. But I'm pretty sure a lot of them are like half a million. But, or but, like that. but I thought Marxists were all about, you know, wealth redistribution and, you and thought, right? spread. You know, how many people <laughs> live in that house? I mean, shouldn't she have like whole families living in the house with it? You know, it's do as I say, not as I do. We, 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 there was a story a while ago. We looked up the data. Washington Post ran the data. The crime per capita... Uh, and the crime by population. And the funny thing is, when you look at crime by general population, it's like number one is New York. But sure, it's not really fair to look at the top 10 cities and say, who has the most crime? Aha, New York. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, New York's got a massive population. Just by We look at per capita. And the funny thing is, per capita, you actually have to remove a, 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 some Republican cities, or at the time, Republican uh, uh, mayors, because it's all Democrats. And so the left's response to this is, well, Democrats tend to run bigger cities. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. No. Why do they tend to run bigger cities? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. If I, I can grow up in Chicago and you've got Democrats running it for generations and they've not solved these problems of racism and blockbusting and redlining and segregation, when will you be like, we need to stop voting for these people? Because remember that movie Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yeah. Great movie. Love it. Remember when uh, Brooks... You know, he had been there in the institution for so long, then finally he got to be free. But when they let him out of the institution, he was working at the grocery store. He just could not deal with it because he had become an institutional man. Yeah. And so I think that you have gotten this institutional mentality of victimhood, that there are some people that have become so comfortable with Section 8 housing, so comfortable with the drugs and the gangs, so comfortable with waiting for the check to come down. You know, you start to look at a lot of the uh, fast food restaurants and places like that. They're suffering because people are getting paid to stay at home and not work. I think that we have this dependency cycle that is happening. And when you read uh, Alexander Fraser Teitler's, his, you know, Democracy Canada Exists as a Permanent Form of Government, you read that cycle. The cycle starts with dependence, but then as you go through it, you end up coming right back to dependence. And I think that is what is happening. And one of the critical points is that you get that apathy. And yep. and, and that's what we see happening here in the United States of America where people are just comfortable. They're complacent in being a victim. And and that's what I, you know, yesterday I opened up CPAC on, on Sunday. And I said, we got this choice to either be victors or be victims. And what conservatism, what America was founded on was the individual is a victor. You know, you know um, one thing I think makes everything a bit easier is now that the Democrats have started admitting they're all racists and white supremacists. So you have uh, people like Robin D'Angelo, and you get these TikTok videos mm-hmm. where these are all progressive, ultra-woke people flat out saying they're racists and white supremacists. And I'm like, thank you for admitting it. We've long su- suspected it. But I think, you know, as many people have pointed out, it's like the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Or I think it's... Uh, um, 
as Carl Benjamin calls it, white supremacists with guilty consciences. Well, you know, Shelby Steele wrote the book, White Guilt. And all you folks out there, if you haven't read Shelby Steele's book, White Guilt, you should read it. And that's how, I got to tell you, white folks get hoodwinked. Y'all getting hoodwinked, man. I mean, someone comes up to you and says you're a white supremacist racist, you just say, yeah, get out of here. I mean, stop this. Uh, because, but yet, oh, please don't call me that. Uh, I'll do whatever you want. Here's, here's, you know, I'm a corporate CEO. Here's $10 million, Black Lives yep. Matter. Don't talk to me like well, that. Well, they don't want to brick through their window. They don't want to fire. Well, you know what? Uh, that's why we had a Second Amendment. You throw a brick through my window, something's going to happen. You know, also, but, we had Yunmi Park on the show. She's a North Korean. She escaped North Korea, basically. Was that the one that talked at the school board meeting here? Ooh, no, maybe. no, that was uh, Asra. Okay. Well, I don't know if she talked here, but she's the one fighting at schools. Yeah. Yunmi uh, was a North Korean defector. And yeah. she she was saying how freedom is terrifying, hard, and scary, and she almost went back to North Korea when she had finally received freedom for the sure. first time because she didn't know what to make. She didn't want to make the wrong decision, and she was so used to being told yeah. what to do. So I think these people that are institutionalized mm-hmm. have a similar life experience where you know the opportunity of freedom is it could you could you could destroy it all. You got to grab it yourself. They will, they will vote to maintain those institutions. Yes, and the Democrats I think are trying to. Not necessarily, I don't think it's as overt, but I think it's a pressure. They're applying a certain pressure so that in a long enough amount of time, they will generate more institutionalized voters. So I think what's interesting is there's long been this trope that Democrats want Hispanic voters. Uh, and they're going to give, they're going to bring in illegal immigrants because they want to give them, uh, you know, they're going to give them a path of citizenship. The interesting thing is that when you see in South Texas how the Hispanic areas actually vote a Republican. And oh, in, I know. And we've, in Miami. Done, we've done an incredible job of flicking, flipping the Rio Grande Valley. For the first time in 36 years, we have a Republican mayor down in the Rio Grande Valley. We have a 19-year-old city council member, wow. Roman Garcia, in Kerrville, Texas. But you just brought up a great point. And this, you know, I'm not really smart. The Army teaches you to carry three-by-five <laughs> cars while you know. That so is smart. Refer back to. But I want to share this quote with you all and with the audience. The uncontested absurdities of today are the accepted slogans of tomorrow. They come to be accepted by degrees, by dint of constant pressure on one side and constant retreat on the other until one day when they are suddenly declared to be the country's official ideology. You know, um, Ayn Rand. It's brilliant. It is, it is brilliant because I tweeted about this today. There's a video um, that I saw. Cassandra Fairbanks tweeted in response to some video. It was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. A guy takes a coffee maker and he pours. <laughs> I saw that. He pours lemonade in the back. He puts broccoli where the coffee's supposed to go, and he puts a salmon fillet in the coffee uh, 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 pitcher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he he turns it on. He says, "This is totally legit. The lemonade will steam the broccoli and then cook the salmon in seven minutes." The video is absurd, absolutely absurd. There's other videos where a woman is pouring nachos all over her counter, and it's a disgusting mess. She does the same thing with spaghetti. There's videos where people throw burgers and fries in a blender and then and then freeze it and, and make patties out of it. It is nonsense content meant to shock people to get shares. You see the guy pouring lemonade on salmon in a coffee maker, and he says, Sonny D. And you're like, that's disgusting. I need to show my friends how disgusting this is. Here's the problem. Little kids. They're going to see that, and they're not going to know that it's meant to manipulate you yeah. because they're going to see a very serious-looking man very seriously saying, watch me cook salmon this way. They're going to grow up with that, and then when they're older, they're going to be steam taking a, a steam iron and ironing their Eggo waffle while filming themselves with an animal face filter, and it'll just be, it'll be pure insanity mm-hmm. because they – you know, we're older. We understand you don't cook it, – it's not convenient to cook salmon in a coffee maker. That's stupid. Yeah. But these kids don't know that. Now, check this out. Here's where it gets a bit more um, damning. 
in the at the end of the 2000s, something most of you who listen to the show have heard quite a lot, but uh, it, it plays into this, especially with that Ayn Rand quote. Blogs realized that rage was getting the most shares. Yes. So what they started doing was started saying racism, racism, sexism, racism. Then they realized combining them got them even more shares. Mm-hmm. You had kids who were 10 years old in 2008. They, they, they're not very politically active. They go on Facebook and they see nothing but police brutality, nothing but posts about evil racism of America. And they've been living in that their entire adult lives. Now it's no surprise they believe all this woke insanity. They believe all the psychotic garbage because it's been their entire life of people just posting manipulative content. So to go to that quote, those absurdities have become the slogans yep. of these young people who are now in their 20s and voting in. I love it. We actually have some of these leftists sit here and tell us Joe Biden is the right path towards avoiding corruption. And I'm like, you don't know anything about about the Obama administration at all, do you? No. The National Defense Authorization Act, indefinite detention provisions. How about Biden, Inc., putting his brother in charge of Iraqi construction, all of a sudden the family's making millions of dollars. The Burisma deals, the investigations, they ignore all China. Oh, flying on the plane. I mean, come on. I said this before. I'll say it again. And then we'll segue to what I wanted to talk about before I got derailed. <laughs> if the Republicans win the House back, they should impeach Joe Biden on all of the evidence pertaining to. But they won't do that. Tim. Of course they will. They will not do that be, be, because they believe that we're, we're gentlemanly. We're, we're above that be, because this is a dog fight. This, this, this is beyond a knife fight. And, you know, I had a, a dear friend of mine, a Marine retired first sergeant by the name of Jim Reifinger. And he said, if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. <laughs> and and we continue to want to have this, this fair fight. We continue to want to. It, there's a great scene uh, from Officer and a Gentleman when David Caruso is standing there in front of Louis Gossett Jr. And they're going to start doing the training on hand-to-hand combat. And he's going to use David Caruso, the cadet, as his example. And, you know, David Caruso, well, this cadet knows by regulation, uh, Drill Sergeant, you're not allowed to strike me or anything like <laughs> Really? <laughs> and Lou Gossett puts it down into a chokehold. Yeah. And that's what Republicans are. Republicans stand there. And if you read Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals, you know, one of the rules are to constrain your enemy into their own principles and values. And and so that comes back to what is happening at the border. You have a federal government that has completely abdicated its constitutional duty to protect the sovereignty of the state of Texas and the, and the United States of America. And we're sitting around talking about, well, we really can't do anything about it because we don't have the ability as a state. The Constitution says that you can protect yourself when the yeah. federal government abdicates their duty. This is interesting because the way you're describing it, it sounds very much like the old trope of the Revolutionary War. The crown was very much looking for a regimented battle on the, uh, you know, on the on the standard. Front. We didn't play that way. We, La- we we didn't play, and you know, last it's fun. I was watching last last the Mohicans. That's why I was loving. I was, I was <laughs> loving your little uh, flintlock. You know, flintlock pistol, and and you're right. I mean, you know, we were the original guerrilla warriors here in North America. We wanted to win. We wanted to win. It was because you know, I I I was talking to some Occupy activists uh, back in the day, and they were talking. I, I, they were talking about something. I can't remember what it was, but I said, "Do you think that the Ninja Warrior would walk to the front gate and then?" Challenge, challenge the war. Hello. The, the, your imperial guards, I must defeat you. Then I can go into the feudal lord's uh, room. No, they snuck around back. Yeah. They set traps. They threw, uh, what, what were they called? Uh, the little stars. Uh, Makibishi, is that what they're called? They spent years preparing. Yeah, they would, you know, close you know, to you know their target. They would, they would go in the dead of night and they would put wooden posts in lakes so that when they, after they assassinate a feudal lord, they would run on the posts on the water and mm-hmm. people would think they were walking on water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wanted to create this illusion. It was all pre-planned. They did not fight by the rules. I watched this amazing fight on YouTube a long time ago of a samurai versus a ninja. And it was incredible because 
in, the samurai is fighting with honor and he's swinging and he's regimented and then the ninja pulls powder like chalk out of his and you know out of his kimono or whatever it's called and throws it in the guy's face mm-hmm. and he was like they don't care about your rules or your honor they want to win because yep. in the end whoever wins is the one who's going to walk away and control things so that's the problem with republicans they look at everything like oh you know we believe in the free speech of the left and their right to speak and we'll defend it and they go thank you so much Bannum. That's well, you know, and that's, that's one of the issues that we had down in Texas was, uh, you know, we have control of the Texas State House, 83 to 67, and we have the speaker there. And I wrote a little piece that said, please do not give Democrats committee chair positions. And guess what they ended up doing? They gave them. Democrats 15 committee chair positions. Wow. The same Democrats that guess where they are now. They're up here in Washington, D.C., blocking election integrity again. After flying private jets, so, you know, up here. I think you've got um, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're fighters. They're feisty. And then you got, you know, Ted Cruz is pretty good. Holly's pretty good. And uh, Rand Paul's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of feistiness, you know, you got very, very few, if any, Republicans. But I'll tell you this, Democrats, man, they literally defended rioters who burned down buildings and tried to no, bail out the people. You who have are, a rioter that resulted in the death of someone that is a member of Congress. Who? That's what, on, what happened? Cori Bush. She led the violent riot uh, that, that ended up with the death of David Dorn, the picture that you have down in your basement. But she also led the, the riot against Patty and Mark McCloskey mm. in their oh, homes. Yeah. And now yep. she's sitting on the House Judiciary Committee. Now, but yet, if you are a Republican and you say something that the Democrats don't like, what does Nancy Pelosi do? Strips you of your committee assignments. What does Kevin McCarthy do? Well, that's the problem. Agree. Agree. And they, and, and look, there's good and there's bad here because when Steve King came out and said some, you know, something about white nationalism on Twitter in a positive light, the Republicans had no problem saying, we don't want none of that. Yeah. You get out of here. That's right and wrong. Right. But, but what we have to also do is look at the other side and say, really? Maxine Waters can stand up and encourage people to commit acts of violence against Republicans or members of this administration. During a criminal trial in Minnesota? Yes. And say, we're going to do more unless we get what we want? Yeah. I and, mean, that that is shocking. And that, nothing happens. It's like um, it's like civil disobedience, but it's a little different. Like, I mean, telling people to sit on a road and block traffic, you could say no. that that's violent because you're you're impeding and, and disrupting people's daily lives. So that's a form of violence. No, but telling no, no, people no. to burn buildings is different Vi- than vi- telling people to, to revolt against the system peacefully. Well, v- violence or, is causing harm to someone or yeah. something. Or, or, or not Gerald, sitting in the street. Gerald Nadler, who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, when he was asked about Antifa, he said, it's just a myth. Really? So in other words, you're, you're consenting, you're condoning yeah. it. It's called terrorism. Yes. When, when Maxine Waters showed up and said, unless we get the verdict that, you know, is right, we're going to be out here. We're going to, we're going to push harder. We're going to do more. I mean, we already, we all know what happened in Minnesota the last time. We all know what happened with, with, with you have like 23 plus deaths or whatever directly associated with the riots and then some peripheral deaths. And she says she wants more. The people of that city knew exactly what was going to happen. They said so in interviews after the fact. I was scared these people would show up at my house. That's terrorism. That is terrorism. Or, you know, let's let's put it out there. The only person that lost their life on January the 6th was shot in the back by a Capitol Hill police officer. But yeah, was, or or it was she was shot in the front somewhere okay, in the shot, neck or shoulder. But we still don't know who the Capitol Hill police officer right. is. Now, if that was on the left... They'd be going apoplectic right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about what's going on with the border, though. Yeah. 
we were talking about you. Uh, you said that um, what the Biden administration abdicated in terms of uh, border policy. How, how exactly well, does that describe it? There, you know, you have a constitutional duty to protect the sovereignty of the United States of America and the sovereignty of a state that has a twelve hundred mile border. So when you come in by executive order. Not by legislative process, which first and foremost is unconstitutional. To say that we're going to implement an open borders policy and just allow illegals to flow right through, well, the Constitution says, Article 1, Section 10, Clause Number 3, and Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, the Founding Fathers referred to it as an invasion. That's exactly what has happened. I, you saw the video of me down on the Rio Grande oh, River yeah. uh, a week ago, uh, 2 a.m. in the morning. A guy shouts across from Mexico, I've got 80 ready to cross. And guess, so, some and really fares them across. We've got a few really interesting developments. One is, I think, what do we have? Florida sending troopers to to Texas. Yeah, but see, the thing is, Tim, we have a national guard right in Texas, nineteen to twenty thousand strong. You mobilize your full national guard. You put them down there to show that this is the, a deterrent. You make sure that you block the infiltration routes because what is happening is that we're focusing on those crossing points where the women and children are, are being funneled across, but. What we saw when we were down there, up the river, you could see the flickering lights. And I put on the uh, night vision goggles, and you saw the other folks coming across. Yeah, now we're talking. Those are the getaways. <clears throat> but let's talk about one of the other developments, too. There, there are some states sending in troops or, or National Guardsmen, but we have this story. But what powers do they have? It depends on what the state, Texas is going to allow them to do, right? Well, that's right. What well, I'm saying, they're not allowing them to do anything because right. guess what I saw? I saw National Guard troops watching those people come across and helping them out of the rafts into Texas. <laughs> Is that well, Texas wait, National Guard let's, or let's, Federal National Guard? No, it's Texas National Guard. But we, we do have a story I want to pull up. Yep. This is from TimCast.com. And for those that are wondering, this is the alpha version of the site, which is alpha, mind you. But it still looks really, really cool. Texas sheriffs sue Biden admin for restricting ICE amid border crisis. Yes. So it sounds like it's it's not just that they're not doing anything. They're act- actively Hindering, they are the, the attempts. They are telling. They have told Customs and Border Patrol. They are telling ICE, "Do not do your job." ICE is there to deport people, and ICE is being told, "Don't do your job. Don't deport people." So, what are these constitutional officers? That's the interesting thing. The difference between a sheriff and a local municipality police officer. Sheriffs are constitutional officers, and so they are standing up and saying that you are obstructing. My duties as a constitutional officer because you are allowing these people or telling these people not to do their job, and so therefore they're bringing a lawsuit. The allegations, the allegations are scarier than just that. Check this out from the article. Mm-hmm. According to the lawsuit, the Biden administration's February 18th memorandum has blocked ICE officers from taking illegal immigrants into custody who have committed crimes like human trafficking. Yeah, they say, "quote." Since the issuance of the February 18th memorandum, ICE officers have been unable to take custody of or issue detainer requests for dangerous criminal aliens whose detention is mandated by the Immigration and Nationality Act. Specifically, detention is required for aliens who have committed or been convicted of numerous crimes other than aggravated felonies, such as crimes of moral turpitude, crimes involving controlled substances, human trafficking, money laundering, and certain firearms offenses. Now, that's amazing. I mean, sexual assault. If, if, if Biden was going to say something like, we're helping refugees, go ahead and arrest all those guys, I'd be like, oh, those Democrats trying to find some way. This is like, eh, the human traffickers, let them go. Yeah, well, that's what I saw happen. You saw the human smugglers that were the ones pulling the rafts, because at that point in Roma, Texas, the Rio Grande is about waist deep. They were pulling the rafts across, and they continued to do it until all of those folks were ferried across. Tim, we have had people from 160 different countries. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Detained. Now, those are the ones we detained, not the ones that got away. We have people that are on terrorist watch lists. In the, in the, the uh, Del Rio sector, they've uh, detained people from 72 different countries. This is a national security issue that is happening down on our border. And it's going to affect what is happening, not just in Texas, but all across the United States of America. We're not even talking about the fentanyl that is coming across. Wow. You know, you know what it is? It's really simple. We were talking about H.R. 1 earlier. You know what? There's, there's, there's something else in H.R. 1 we didn't bring up, and that's they want to lower the voting age. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why would they want to get people with no experience in politics or national affairs to be voting? Just what you said. They, they just bombard them with the headlines, and then they go out and they vote for them. I was uh, covering a story a couple of years ago during the uh, migrant caravan Mm -hmm. crisis. And you get the standard line from the left about refugees and things like that. And I was talking to a friend of mine and I sent, uh, actually, I sent them some some, some documents. They blocked me. And and, and it was a story showing how a family flew from Africa into Mm -hmm. Brazil and they spent thousands, it was like $4,000 total to fly their family from, from Africa to, to Brazil and then thousands more to bring them from Brazil up to the southern Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did it was they knew if they flew to the U.S., they would be denied because actually going through a checkpoint, you'd get turned around. Yep. But if they came through the porous southern border, especially at the time of a caravan, they might get through. And so I asked them, if these people were refugees fleeing Africa, Brazil is amazing. I've been to Rio and Sao Paulo. I absolutely loved Rio. Great food, great people on the beach, coconuts for a buck, super cheap. Why would you spend thousands of dollars to leave a place where you're already safe? And I'll tell you this, probably because you got Bolsonaro down there who's not playing games. And they knew the Democrats would probably give them a free pass. Well, look at what has happened. And America is awesome, by the way. America is awesome. And so the president of Mexico and the president of Guatemala both have said, and the president of Guatemala said it directly to Kamala Harris, you guys caused this problem. The policies were in place that kept this under control. Then you come in and change the policies, and now you have this flood. So don't come down here, you know, talking about this issue. You know, and and going down saying, well, it's climate change. That family did not leave Africa because of the weather, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right? Yeah, no. And and you ask them, they don't say that. This is the the funniest thing. They say, uh, you know, I love that line from – AOC, when she was questioning, I think, Homan was his name? Yeah, Yeah. Tom Homan. And she's like, legal asylees have broken no laws. And then he just names the laws. Like, actually, they violated something. He just yeah. makes it really dry. But they, these people say they're legal asylees, and they mention the climate change thing. Kamala Harris, like, it's because of climate change. Did you ask him? One, one, one person interviewed, I think this was by a French news outlet, I think it was AFP, uh, said, I miss Buffalo Wild Wings. Pretty sure that ain't climate change. No, that ain't but climate I, I gotta change. I got to be honest. I miss well, B-dubs, I, too. I don't know. But you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, if you get the really hot spicy ones, you do get hot and, and whatever. So maybe it's <laughs> yeah, all it's about traumatic. climate change. Yeah, it's very it. traumatic. Look, look, look. Yeah. This person was in Mexico in the caravan, and they were interviewed. Vox.com, V-O-X, covered this, that they said, I miss Buffalo Wild Wings. I just busted out laughing because I'm like, I feel you. 
like I love me some B dubs, yeah. but Mexico City has B dubs. Yeah. So what you're saying still makes no sense. But think about this also. This is all about you know coming to seek asylum and they're living in poverty and you know they're being threatened by gangs or whatever. Then most people out of Chicago or any of these other inner cities that you know the left is running, then they should seek asylum somewhere too. Yeah. Oh, no. No joke, man. I, it's not yeah. even. It's, I'm not even playing. Uh, on the south side of Chicago, there was uh, one kid who went to prison. He was 13. Gang said, you got to shoot him or else. And so he's like, he did it. And then the reason they do that is because the kids get out when they're 18. The adults would go for life, 25 absolutely. to life. So they have the kids do it. Yeah, absolutely. Those kids need support. Oh, what's that? Who's running Chicago and who has been running Chicago? It's been under Democrat one party control forever. But but the problem in Chicago, according to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, is the stuff that's coming over from Indiana. That's an excuse. Of course it is, but that's yeah. what they are all about, and we allow them to get away with it. And so this is not, you know, I've just been doing some reading about remittances that are being sent back out of the United States by illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Northern Triangle countries, you're talking about $36 billion a year that are going back. Now, when you expand that out to the top seven countries, $77 billion, leaving the United States of America going back. Wouldn't it be great if we just taxed? These remittances. Let's, let's just tax it at the highest income tax rate that the Democrats want, so the illegal immigrants can give their fair share. What's a remittance? Yeah. What is what is that exactly? This is the money that they send back to their native countries. Oh, so they they come here illegally. They, they work come here illegally, and they send they money out, and they send money out. Okay, you know, with with no you know penalties whatsoever, and often no taxes because it's they of make money not. under the table. Absolutely, and and, these, and it's a very serious problem. So when you look at places like Detroit, where they've lost a lot of jobs, money leaving an area is bad for that area because you're taking away a trade medium. It causes all sorts of problems, especially when it's done abruptly. For for, for people to come in, they're effectively extracting value from from this country. It's the same Mm -hmm. problem. It's a very similar problem to when we outsource a lot of our jobs overseas. Absolutely. Money will be spent by you, Ian, on a brand new fancy watch at a local store. And that money is instantly internationally transferred to another country, be it through the co- the business owner or in the instance of this with the remittances, people working there will get paid and then send the money out of the country. Not to mention the depression of wages so that in the inner city communities, you know, these you know young teenagers, black, Hispanic, they don't have the opportunity to get these jobs because they're going to someone that is here illegally. So it is a vicious cycle that we're creating in our country. I feel like we got to def- define the word refugee right now because if someone's really fleeing uh, terror, then I think we have a, a duty to, to house them at the very least. But if someone's mean to you, it says mean words that you're not a victim. Well, it- they're coached. They're coached what to say. And if you, you follow the money trail, there are a lot of leftist lawyers that are going into these countries, and they're giving them the talking points. And the, the interesting thing, guys, is that they will go and surrender to the – they know who the federal Border Patrol agent is. That's who they surrender to. They're not going to surrender to local law enforcement because they know local law enforcement will detain them, arrest them, what have you. And so they, they know how to game this entire system. It's just like when you're in a combat zone, you tell the enemy, here's my rules of engagement. This is what I can and can't do. Mm. And then guess what they do? They understand the gaps by which they exploit you. Same thing's happening here. You saw the story when um, the Biden administration was smuggling children into other states in the dead of night. You see yeah. the story? Yeah, Tennessee, that, that, that's, landing that's, in the middle of the night. That is, wow. very simply put, the Biden administration engaging in human trafficking. They are. 
And and to the point where the cartels this this number is going to blow your socks off. The cartels are making on average twenty five million dollars a week. Wow. Holy cow. And I saw the, the little wristbands. Each one of the cartels has a different wristband because they're the ones that are allowing you transit through their respective territories. Mm. And, you know, the, the adults, the kids, they all have the wristband from the cartel that is bringing them across. And even though they're not able to pay this money, guess what? When they get on this side, they have cartel operatives. They're going to be working for the cartels and sending that money back. If we are serious about this, we start. We must declare the cartels criminal and terrorist organizations, and then we go after their findings, finance and, I, and resourcing. I just got to make sure I pull this up because this is a bold thing to say, but yes, it is true. A video was released showing Biden admins secretly flying migrant children into Tennessee yep. while Republican rep urges Congress to pull Kamala's travel funds until she visits the border. So this is a story from May, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just Tennessee. Now, you got to understand, when you are secretly... And in violation of the law, taking humans and transporting them, you are smuggling people. Literally. That's that's human smuggling operation. It's by human the Biden. trafficking. Human trafficking. So the Biden administration is, is engaged in human trafficking. The Biden administration is creating the largest economic boom for the criminal and terrorist cartels. How? What would you do? This, no, oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Like, as governor of Texas, what can you do? With the federal government acting as the way it is, like what what are some processes? I, 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 you you look at the Tenth Amendment and you assert your power as a sovereign state. Yep. You look at those two uh, clauses that I just mentioned in the Constitution. You have a full mobilization of your National Guard. You start to tax the remittances that are coming out of Texas. You know, with illegal immigrants, and that's how you build a border uh, security fund. You also designate those cartels as criminal and terrorist organizations. So you go after their the the banks that are, you know, funneling and laundering their money. You go after these stash houses. You go after real estate agents and agencies and the banks that are supporting these stash houses. This is, this is an intricate system that you've got to peel the layers of the onion back. But the most important thing, you've got to go after those resources. And the other thing is you've got to stop with the magnets. If you come into Texas, you're not getting free taxpayer benefits in Texas. You're not getting in-state tuition as illegal in Texas. And so it's those type of things that we have to use as a physical deterrent and then also economic deterrence. Well, um, what kind of resistance would you foresee from the federal government? Uh, the federal government just – and see, that's a great point because, see, that comes back to exactly what we said. Republicans always put themselves in a box that says, well, we've got to get the permission from the federal government. It was free and independent states that created the federal government. And so when you understand federalism, when you understand your duty as as a sovereign state, you don't sit back and you wait for the mother may I from the federal government. You have a duty and responsibility as a governor to protect the citizens in your state. And right now, the citizens of the state of Texas are not being protected. I know everyone's saying, well, we're going to build a wall. There's 1,200 miles that we share with a foreign nation. There's only 145 miles of wall that's been built. How long do you think it's going to take us to build another 1,055 miles of a border wall, which the Trump administration estimated at 10 to $12 billion, and we've only said that we're going to allocate $250 million? Well, to be fair, I heard a story that Trump actually proposed uh, moats full of alligators. Oh. That was actually reported. <laughs> Clearly Trump— Another headline. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They said somebody somewhere made a claim that Trump wanted moats full of alligators— and that's actually more expensive. Get digging a trench and filling it with water and alligators. You need those alligators. Ridic- too. Plus, well, the Rio yeah. Grande's already there. It's already there. <laughs> I mean, you already have a physical, you know, barrier, a border, a river. 
But if you're not putting anyone down there as a physical deterrent, then it's just a crossing point. And so you get to watch as, you know, on our website, the video of guys just ferrying people across. These, these videos are crazy. I've, you, you watch them. We've had uh, a lot of reporters we've had on this show have been down there. And it's the most insane thing to see a residential neighborhood. And then all of a sudden you'll see 15 dudes just run full speed yeah. and then like border guards chasing after them. High, high speed car chases. Uh, carjackings have, have increased, uh, ransacking of grocery stores and convenience stores. These are the type of, th- these aren't asylum seekers. What, uh, uh, I believe this is, I'm, I'm getting this right, but, um, do you know the most dangerous cities in Mexico and where they are? It's right along the border. Yep. The, just, just south of the U.S. border. You have right now going on, uh, and this is going to explode pretty soon. There is a cartel internal turf battle, turf war, and these guys are gearing up. Uh, because there are certain cartels that want to expand the drug trade, fentanyl and what have you. There are certain cartels that are only in the human and sex uh, trafficking, and there are certain cartels that want to bring all of that together under their control. There are some incredible videos that show some of the massacres and how some of these bodies are just laying out in the streets all over the place. You can go down and you can be on our side of the board. You can hear the gunshots. It, it reminds me, Iraq, Afghanistan, you can see the flashes. This is what's happening just on the other side. And I guarantee you, if they are having an internal border uh, fight wow. between the cartels on the south side of the border, that's going to spill over to our side oh, of yeah. the border. And there, there are people who have houses just like right there. Right there. Right, right down the border. They live in terror every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this, Ian. If you know that a cartel member is going to come up to you and say, if you say something, we'll kill you. My first I thought would be to move. My first thought would be, say, well, where, what, they, where say, are you going to go? Yeah. Who's going to buy your house? I don't know. I mean, yeah. that would be my, that would be my, my life's goal at that point. Would be first, head down, don't say anything that gets me killed. And then second, I got to get This out of is here. America. And, and just imagine, okay, this is no different from ISIS and the Taliban operating and we're allowing them free reign and free control of our border control. How do we stop do, it? Well, hold on. What, what, what do you think would happen if one of these guys in these houses took a weapon, saw one of these cartel members and fired on him, killed him? What do, what do you think would happen to that? Oh, person? you know what's going to happen. Was he armed? Was an R and R person? How do you know he was a cartel member? What have you? And that's why I said we have got to uh, designate them as a criminal and terrorist organization. And if you are working with the cartels, that's a felony offense. You're going to jail, and you ain't going to see daylight. Didn't uh, what was it? Fast and Furious? Weren't they working with Car- Obama's administration? Was working with cartels to run guns into the the U.S. Well, I mean, let's be yeah, absolutely, because what they wanted and and uh, Brian Terry, the Border Patrol agent, lost his life yeah. because of that gun running scheme. Now, of course, if you say fast and fears to most millennials out there they're going to think of vin diesel yeah, how convenient yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay good job government yeah way to yeah, mask they, your they wanted behavior. to they wanted to track the weapons how yes. they were moving and they gave weapons i i almost just don't believe they were that stupid mm. well, let's give guns to all these people that'll help us stop them no yeah, that's but, what they do with isis but too, right? what they really wanted to do was they wanted to say that we've got a gun problem in the united states of america because we have straw dealers that are selling guns, not the government. We're going to try to create the straw man and say the gun distributors and manufacturers doing it, and then we can therefore shut down the gun manufacturing industry here in the United States of America. But look, uh, what the Obama administration did with Fast and Furious was the exact same thing the Obama administration was doing in the Middle East, in Syria, and then also in Libya. I mean, the whole thing that happened in Benghazi was because we were trying to negotiate and get weapons back from the folks that we had supported, Islamic jihadists, against Gaddafi, and we were going to send those weapons into uh, into Syria. Yeah, the U.S. has a problem with kind of doing that, you know. Mm. Mujahideen, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we don't have a good track record of picking folks. <laughs>
<laughs> Hussein's bath party. We disbanded the bath party, and then they all became al-Qaeda, basically. Or was it ISIS? I don't remember. At first, it was the uh, Fedayeen, and then it became al-Qaeda in Iraq. I was there. And then ISIS? ISIS came when you create a void, much the same as we are doing now in Afghanistan. Uh, if you create a void, basic law of physics, something's going to fill that void. And so if you had just left a residual force, kind of like a strike force, to keep the other side at bay, not worrying about democratic institutions or what have you. And so ISIS came in, uh, and we knew about it. As a matter of fact, uh, al-Baghdadi was once in our custody there, and he was wow. released. And Was so, that under Obama? Yes. Amazing. Yeah, it seems like Obama didn't really have the uh, desire to end ISIS. Uh, he didn't have the desire to do anything. Hmm. Yeah. And Joe Biden is stepping in and doing the exact same thing. And so you're going to see an incredible bloodbath in Afghanistan, just as you saw in Iraq, just the same as you saw in Vietnam. Remember the killing fields of Pol Pot? Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exact same thing is going to happen. I've already had a couple of my former interpreter translators in Afghanistan ask me for letters of recommendation so they can get out. But you know what's the interesting thing? They could probably get to the United States of America quicker if they could pay to go down to Brazil hmm. and come up, you know, through our poor southern wow. border, then to try to go to the embassy and get them to do the right thing for these young men and young women who helped us as interpreters and translators and getting them out of Afghanistan, they are truly under attack. And they will be killed by the Taliban, by ISIS, or whoever comes back into power. And guess who also is moving into Afghanistan now that we have precipitously left? Huh. China. Oh, oh, I've heard that. China has taken over. Belt, Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah. But Trump wanted to leave earlier. Trump's initial deadline was May, and Biden pushed it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but see, the thing is that anyone will tell you all you have to do is leave a small residual force to keep the other side at bay. Leave a small special forces uh, type of, of force that can make sure that they'll come in and once again reestablish the sanctuary. I think, you know, we had, we had Sean Parnell on the show, and that's ultimately where we came to, where he was saying – we can't stay there forever. The United States can't just be sitting in this country, but a small team, something to do exactly what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. I mean, we're not talking about leaving a large million-man force like we did in Germany for, what, 50 or 60 years. But if you leave, you know, the quick strike force, like I say, with the special operators that can go and target certain key individuals and keep the other side at bait, that's all you need. It's mistakes after mistakes, you know. We shouldn't have been in there in the first place for a lot of reasons. Well, it, you know, the thing is – we had to go in initially, but what happens is that you lose focus. You become an army of occupation instead of army that is enemy-oriented. And you go in, you start to worry about building roads, building institutions, and all of those things. That's not what you're there for. You're supposed to find bad guys and kill bad guys. That's all that's needed. And now where are they going? Syria? Who? The bad guys? No, no, no. The, you know, Biden's moving troops. Well, I, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I don't, I don't I, think he knows. I agree, and I, I don't think that the resource – I don't think the, the Biden administration is going to be too focused on helping Americans. I think it's it's going to be more of what we see with many other presidents, focusing on foreign policy and kind of disregarding what Americans need in this country, notably. Of course. Our own border security seems to be a mess, and they're – Well, it's just the same as the pipeline. You know, Joe Biden comes in and shuts down oil and gas production and pipelines, being in Alaska, being Keystone, being at fracking in Texas. But yet he says to Vladimir Putin, eh, go right ahead. Nord Stream 2. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll retract the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, build your pipeline. Yeah. Uh, as for us in the U.S., we'll shut them down. And it's remarkable because they're putting pressure on a pipeline in Michigan that goes to Canada. Canada is outraged over what they're doing. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's we're breaking contracts with them. And it's remarkable that we had, the, 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 the crisis we had in Texas with the, the freezing 
Oh, man. If we you, can talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but you also had the Colonial <laughs> Pipeline hack. Yes. Now is not the time to be hurting American energy independence. No, it's not the time to be hurting American energy. Never is, energy. really. No, it's not. And now it's not the time to be talking about the Green New Deal and all of these type of things. Because what happened in Texas was that 26% of our energy distribution plan was in wind and solar. About 23% wind, 3% in solar. And what happened? When, I mean, we knew this was coming 10 days out. Well, the wind turbines froze. And the solar panels froze over. And so all of a sudden, what was supposed to be 26% of your energy distribution plan dropped down to 3%. And there was no backup because no one had done any winterization checks on a lot of the natural gas plants. And we had shut down a lot of the coal fire plants, which we can look at clean coal uh, to, to be burned out there. That that was the big and failure. Was, they didn't do winterization. They didn't do the winterization. Which, yep. No pre- pre- preventative mix che- uh, maintenance checks and services. And you know what my bet is? Just my opinion. I haven't looked into it, but I'm willing to bet. Climate change. The people who are building that uh, uh, those wind turbines were probably like, we don't need to worry about freezing. This yeah. is Texas. The climate never changes. Well, yeah, we're good. Yeah, well, and the other thing is that we heavily subsidize yeah. those, those systems. And uh, look, in the free market system, if you want to be a reliable energy source, stand up on your own. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of wind, solar, but we don't have the technological, uh, um, we don't have the efficiency for one. Not yet. To go as big as they're going. Now, some countries have gone really, really big with wind, but people don't understand is that you have to subsidize a lot of it um, or, or you have to get energy elsewhere because there's not always wind. You know no. what I mean? And, and the challenge is batteries, transportation. And so it's it's not so simple. And one of the things uh, – there was somebody who posted this on Facebook. They were like they, – uh, uh, they said something ridiculous like the reason we won't get – of the the reason we're not getting rid of fossil fuels is because the Democrats and the Republicans are beholden to massive corporations and they just want to make money. And I responded with the real reason we're not getting rid of fossil fuels is that the energy return on energy invested for everything mm-hmm. else except for nuclear doesn't provide enough energy. The amount of energy going into these systems – that are like that's not petroleum save nuclear isn't enough and the other thing is that even with the uh, the green systems the the wind and the solar guess what you use to push it through the system natural gas and you know it's you know people really don't understand how much petroleum is used to pr- to build solar and wind and and, and also in this and all all the all the plastics petrochemicals <laughs> yeah. yeah it takes a lot of petroleum to even build. And so the question I'm asking people is, look, I love the idea of renewable energies. Geothermal, tidal energy. You ever hear of tidal energy? Yeah. There's tidal different energy ways to is, utilize that. Mm-hmm. is reliable. The tide, co- tide comes in, tide mm-hmm. goes out, mm-hmm. and you capture some of that energy. The problem is, how much petroleum do you use to build those systems? Absolutely. And how long will it take to pay back and offset that carbon? And will you actually produce enough in the long run? Will the device last long enough? In a lot of circumstances, the answer is no. Producing solar, for instance, not necessarily efficient enough right now. Yep. There's a lot of cool things we've done with mirrors on those saltwater vats to mm-hmm. produce steam mm-hmm. energy. There's smart things we're doing. But it's not going to give But they're thing. blocking nuclear power. Yeah. It's like you've got a clean solution with a massive energy return, and they're like, no, nah, not that one. Because, you know, they don't care about the climate. They care about power. Absolutely. And control. Yep. That's it. You know, man, let's uh, – uh, we, we were talking about the Middle East, and we have another story which I find fascinating is the mayor of Miami – has asked for a U.S.-led intervention into Cuba. Did you hear this? No, I didn't. But uh, I think the last time we tried that, it was uh, something to do with uh, with pork, bay of pigs. Pigs, right? oh, man. <laughs> yeah. John well, so, so we got these big protests erupting yeah. in Cuba. I love this one. They're yelling freedom down with dictatorship. And what does the media say? 
protesting lack of COVID resources and vaccines and things like that. Well, of course, they have to spend this because, remember, it was Barack Obama down there with the Castros at a baseball game, and he also took a big picture in front of a mural of Che Guevara, one oh, of the wow. most bloodthirsty revolutionaries ever. Yeah, super racist, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Homophobic. <laughs> and, and so they can't, they can't say that uh, people want freedom, people want liberty. No, no, it's about COVID. They don't have enough masks. They need more more vaccines. You see, they said uh, New York Times said freedom and other anti-government slogans. <laughs> Isn't that I, incredible? But I, but I do think that's funny because I think from a libertarian perspective, you get it, especially an anti-communist perspective. Yeah, yeah saying freedom in Cuba and, is anti-government. And see, the thing is that just the same as we saw in the Rio Grande Valley in in Texas, where Hispanics want safety and security, they don't want defunding the police. They 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 want their principles and values are conservative. You're going to lose just the same as what happened in the uh, last election cycle. The Cuban community, that that Hispanic community down in South Florida, the Venezuelan expatriates, the Cuban expatriates, they went heavily for Donald Trump. Guess what's going to happen this time? They're going to go even more so in the next election. And now here's why. You're familiar with the Democratic Socialists of America? Yes. So the Democratic Socialists of America International Committee tweeted out in support of the Cuban communist regime. Mm. Now here's the best part. It confused a lot of people because they don't understand the language of communists. Yeah. They tweeted, DSA stands with the Cuban people and their revolution in this moment of unrest and the blockade. What you need to understand about the communists is that they call their government the revolution. For instance, when I was in Venezuela, they said Tim Pool was sent here to destabilize the revolution. They call their communist government the revolution. So when they tweet this out saying they stand with the people and their revolution, what did the president of Cuba just say? He said he was calling on the revolutionary citizenry to fight back against the, the, the protesters. This is the Democratic Socialists of America International Committee with a pinned tweet saying they support the communist regime. Here's the best part. AOC, as most of you know, is a card-carrying member of the Democratic Socialists mm-hmm. of America. A lot of people are pointing out that Bernie, AOC, the squad aren't criticizing the Cuban regime right now. Of course so not. what do you think is going to happen? You saw what happened in that in that Democrat district in twenty in twenty twenty in Miami. Mm-hmm. It was a safe Democrat district. They predicted it was going to swing. You know, what was it like fifteen points or whatever? Democrat went hard red. Republican yep. won, and everyone kind of threw up. Yeah, all the Democrats threw up it. in their mouths, like, "How did this happen?" It's because these people who live in Florida know exactly what's going on in Cuba yes. and exactly what these promises really mean. There was one viral video from a Venezuelan a couple a year or so ago. Where she was like, everything the DSA, AOC, and Bernie Sanders have promised you is exactly what they told us in Venezuela. Mm. And now yep. we're starving. Our, our industries are collapsing. Crime is skyrocketing. Once the most prosperous nation in South America, now it's just the, the, the shell of a cell. And, and, and murder. More murder than any other. Uh, and and I, how I did it Caracas. start? How did it start? What did it, one of the first things that Hugo Chavez did? He banned private gun ownership. Oh, wow. Always. Oh, yeah. Never let him. Always. That's where it starts. You know, you can Bolshevik revolution, you know, in, in China with Chairman Mao, wherever you go. And it's always interesting how the left, you know, it was the Democratic People's Republic of Korea or it's the Democratic uh, German uh, Republic and things of this nation. They always try to use that Democratic word, but yet they are the progressive socialists. They are the statists. They are the communists. They are the Marxists. And we've got to get smarter about that. But think about this also. When Hamas was raining down ra- rockets all over Israel. You had, you know, the, the members of the squad and others in the Democrat Party condemning Israel. Mm-hmm.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so there go, there's going to come a time when people, they're our best advertisement. I guess that's what I want to say. And all we've got to do is voices like you all's here and others just continue to say this. Just the same as they have that constant pressure. Instead of the constant retreat on our side, we have to match it with the constant pressure of the truth. That's I, what I'm talking I, about. That's why I say free the code a lot. I'm trying to create new memes because being like, no, they're wrong is just going to empower them. And that's what Republicans do all the time. Instead of Republicans saying, here's what we want and why, they say no to Democrats. Yeah. Michael Malice brought this up. He said, you've got Democrats that are saying, we want universal health care. We want you to give to us. And the Republicans saying, no. Where's the Republican to come out and say, I want to repeal the, the NFA or repeal some of these gun laws or to, to, to say we want a law that does X for us on gun rights. Typically, they're resisting Democrats offense, always on the defense. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I give you a great example. And I was sharing this with some folks at uh, CPAC yesterday. Remember the the Olympic hammer thrower who came out? She turned her back on the national. Gwen Berry. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if someone just came out and put a, a, a little meme, just a side by side comparison of Jesse Owens? In 1936, standing on that pedestal after winning the gold medal and saluting while the national anthem was being played. Munich, Germany, 1936. You know who was the chancellor of Germany right then? Oh, yeah. Adolf Hitler. And then just at the bottom says, who's the real hero? And see, that's how we deconstruct everything that they say. Just like right now with this mandatory vaccinations. Let's just take their language and say, my body, my choice. People have been doing that. I love it. Yeah. Candace Owens tweeted something about how her family has decided, you know, what's best for them. And people called her her pro-choice. And I, I just look at this and I'm like, here, here's what happens. You get these young people. They have no political experience. Mm-hmm. They see some older person say, here's how you respond to it. But it's nonsensical. The left either is lying or doesn't understand that conservatives argument is there are two people involved in, in, in one body with when it comes to pro-life. Yeah. And if, if Candace Owens says my individual family member made a choice, she's not deciding for another life. It's like they don't, they, they don't understand anything that conservatives say. And it's probably because they are just in this isolated bubble. They don't, they don't talk. They're in the box. They echo, don't, echo chamber. Yeah. Right. They're in their own echo chamber. And, yep. and that's why it's so important to understand that when they start to yell and scream at you, when they're starting to call you the names, instead of retreating, Remember what Ayn Rand said, the constant retreat. You've got to, you know, more constant pressure because you're winning the debate. You have taken them past their initial little talking point, which is an inch deep, and you need to go on the offense. But too often what we do is when they call us the name, we go on the defense, which emboldens them and gives them the power, and we see power and we see that over to them. But we have got to be more aggressive and continue to pound them with the truth. Yeah, that, That's why the critical race theory stuff is really effective. It was, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, we're talking about this stuff in schools. Christopher Rufo has been leading this charge. James, Lin, James Lindsay as well. And they start screaming. No one's teaching critical race. There you get John Leguizamo coming out yeah. being like, yo, this is just a, a, a legal talky talk or whatever. And it's funny because someone, I saw someone on Twitter point out, 
If you've got a problem with us calling everything critical race theory, it's no different from you calling everything white supremacy. So welcome mm. to the same game you've been playing. Absolutely. And they hate it. But you know what is interesting that completely debunks what they're saying is that when the head of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, stands up and says, we are going to teach critical race theory. Yep. And we are going to go after parents who try to, you know, stand up against us. So in other words, what the teachers unions, the left, has decided is they have initiated a war on parents. Now, remember the war on women? Why don't we come out and say, there's a war on parents? There was a war on parents there trying to make sure that their kids are getting a good education and not an indoctrination, especially in your urban you know, school districts where kids aren't reading at level. Kids aren't doing math at level. But what do they want? They want to teach them that, well, in Lydia. See, I'm going so fast. Lydia. Lydia, yeah. yeah. Ian, Lydia, and Tim, you're oppressing me. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm actually I'll never mixed. stop, Alan. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, you're not. Your skin is white, man. <laughs> nope, nope. So, so I don't I, think, no, you're oppressing me. No, you're no, conservative. No, no, you're trying to put it on me. No, you're oppressing me. Well, no, you but, can't. Oh, you're but I'm a victim. <laughs> nope, you're a I'm a victim, but, no, but see, look, no, that's how I see it. You, but, you, but that's what critical race theory is saying to me. Absolutely. Right? But now, but, I'm, but, now but you're telling me I'm a victim. Now I'm a victim of you telling me I'm oppressing you. Now I'm the victim. No, no, no. It never ends. It's a cycle. No, no, no. In critical race theory. You're stuck in it. Oh, no. In critical race theory, it's actually fairly simple. You as a conservative instantly become a white supremacist. Now, as for me, and that's true. And, and also, Joe Biden said that since I didn't vote for him, I'm not black. So oh. guess what? I did. I am screwed. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm but, just but like you guys. You? Now, now check this out, though. Dang, I'm just as white How as Lydia. Shocking. The reality is, for both of us, if we agree with them, then we're both oppressed. If we disagree with them, then we're both racists and our, our backgrounds don't matter or anything like that. But it's, do you understand really? how confusing that is? So just teach your kids math and reading. And stop screwing around with their minds and trying to indoctrinate them. But the great thing, Tim, is that when you talk about this critical race theory, two years ago, no one knew who their school board member was. Yeah. No one went to school board meetings. No one even cared. Who is that? But now all of a sudden, you've got parents showing up. You've got parents fighting and pushing back. I mean, you, you had that story uh, the, about the uh, the parent that the uh, – a four-year request. Oh, we got we – actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled this up. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we've got this from the Daily Signal. Mom says school board threatened to sue her. For seeking public information on critical race theory in curriculum, the craziest thing about it is she found out because in their meeting minute, like their 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 itinerary, it says discussion action filing lawsuit against Nicole Solis to challenge filing over 160 APRA requests. Whoa! This is a mom who said, "I just want documents on the curriculum to see if you're teaching kids critical race theory." And then before she gets any notification, they're discussing filing a lawsuit against her over this. What are they hiding? And see, this is the mom that in 2020, they went after the suburban soccer mom. Orange man, bad, whatever. But now, because of their overreach, they just made that mom an activist. And they just made that mom engaged in the political process. And that is going to be the difference as we go forward. It really, and Lydia and I were talking about this driving up here. Too often people have just focused on the federal government. I, I know who my congressman, my senator, uh, I'm voting for president and nothing else. Now people are starting to realize the school board and the city council, that level of governance that touches you the most. Tip O'Neill said all politics are local. Now people are getting engaged, and that is scaring the bejesus out of the left. And you know you know what I think a lot of people are realizing too? How important their governors are. A lot yeah. of people didn't pay attention to this. And so we were talking about Well, I hope they pay attention to the race that I'm in. I'm oh, that's the point, right? Yeah. So we were I can't remember who we were talking to. We were talking about Ron DeSantis and maybe a Trump DeSantis ticket. 
And the fear from some of these people in Florida is like, but if you take away Ron DeSantis from Florida mm-hmm. and he enters a presidency that doesn't control the, the, the Congress or the courts, then you end up depowering DeSantis yes. because he is an effective governor in Florida. And that's what people are starting to realize is that the states are the most important entity. And then from the states, it goes down to those, the county commissions, to the city councils, to the school boards. And that's where Republicans have not done a real good job of focusing on previously. And that has been a big turn that we saw in the state of Texas. We want back a lot of school board seats. We want back a lot of city council seats because we got people engaged. We got people focusing on that in our municipal level elections uh, this past May. You know, you got you got to understand, though, how uh, I think these people are evil. Because what they're doing is these critical race theorists, they want to bring what we call critical race applied principles or crap into these schools. (laughs) And they will move from blue cities, Democrat cities, into rural areas, into red areas, run for the board with Mm -hmm. no political affiliation. And then once they're in, indoctrinate the kids. Yes. So we're seeing this in West Virginia, in areas that are deep red. You got MAGA flags, Trump flags. There are flags that say F Biden everywhere. But for some reason, the schools are adamant about critical race applied principles mm-hmm. being taught to these kids. And it's because many of the parents weren't paying attention. They are they, now. They are now. And yeah. you were seeing these videos of the moms showing up at this meeting screaming. There was a one really viral video of that, that black man saying his kids are being told they can't succeed. Mm-hmm. Think about how insidious and nefarious it is to tell that man's children they can't succeed. That's you're you're trying to make the next generation of victims, mm-hmm. and that's what progressive socialism has to have. They, I mean, if you're a victor, why do you need them? Okay, why do you need the, the the handout? Why do you need to be told to stay at home and we'll send you a check? You know, I want to get out and I want to work for myself, and that's that's the corruption, that's the the undermining of the fabric of America that we see, and that is really the liberty and freedom that you're talking about, Ian. The ability to go out with your own mind and do for yourself. But when they take that away, then all of a sudden you have these young people, like you're saying, that America sucks. America's horrible. America's bad. The biggest institutionalization happened over the past year when they locked everybody down, everybody yeah. down, shut down the businesses, and then put them on government payments. Mm-hmm. And now these people are stuck in it. You can't just cancel it. They become institutionalized. Yep. So how you gonna, you're getting $16 an hour on average from these payments. You can't be evicted. Why are you going to go find a job somewhere that pays $16 an and hour to get it for free? And that's how they back in went into a living wage. That's right. They couldn't get it through a legislative mm-hmm. process. So what did they do? They put people out of work. They back ended it. And they, they went and destroyed and decimated the mom pop stores, all the small businesses. And now they are dependent upon the government. But I think the, 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 it's, 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 it's an exploitation of the weakness of many of these people and the circumstances many of these people find themselves in, mostly in cities. Of course. Out here, we've been growing a lot of our own food. It's a rugged individualism once you get outside the city. That's right. Uh, but even myself growing up in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, we had our own garden. And, you know, got back there with my dad and we worked the garden. We grew our own food and whatever. But how many, how much of that do you see today? But people need to. They because got to. Exactly. When the government comes and says, now you're dependent upon us, you can say, I'll grow my own food. It kind of started off like 
as Americans, we were all kind of decentralized. We had our state, we had our local farms, we worked locally, and then it slowly started to federalize over the 1800s and became more and more centralized. And now with the internet, it's shattering and decentralizing again because you can see like a guy, a local guy farming makes a YouTube channel, has 1.6 million followers, and people start emulating his local behavior locally. And you see like Ron DeSantis is a super famous guy who's Mm -hmm. a governor who like 20 or 30 years ago, you might not even know his name. Ah, but now what are they doing? You have the Facebook, you have the Twitters and the YouTubes that are going out and saying, eh, that content we're going to censor. Yeah, eh, that and, it's, content. and it's pressure, it like is. The, the Ayn Rand quote. Mm. This is what I explain to people. They're not outright banning us. They're slowly, slowly banning channels. Mm-hmm. They, they've given Steven Crowder several strikes. They're really close trying to get, get it, getting rid of him. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. And one of the strikes Crowder got was for quoting CDC data. They don't care. Now, for us, we get the applied pressure. That's where people mention, hey, I don't get notifications for your videos anymore. Mm -hmm. It's weird that somebody would come and watch this show every day we do it at 8 p.m., and then YouTube would think they don't like – here's the – YouTube's argument is if people don't click the notifications and don't engage in the content, we're not going to notify them anymore, even if they ask for the notifications. Then how is it we have people saying, I watch a show every day, I'm not getting notifications anymore, or I was unscribed, unsubscribed from your channel? These are the things that people have been feeling for some time, and it's the pressure they put on you because here's, here's, here's what they want. They isolate the audience that can watch a show like this. So that over time, we don't get new viewers, but we slowly, slowly lose viewers unless they bleed you out. Right. However, I think we've been doing a particularly good job. I think Crowder has. We are growing regardless. That's why I say sharing this video and sharing the videos of the creators you like shuts down that attempt to put obstacles in our way. They are they're going to give as many advantages as possible to all of the left channels. These, these, these podcasts appear on the front page. You've never used a computer before. You open it up. You turn on YouTube. Boom. There's a left-wing mainstream establishment podcast. For stuff like this, anti-establishment or right-wing content, nah, it's not going to happen. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna push you down. They're going to hide you from, from the main algorithm. You're not going to see what's happening. But isn't it understanding, again, Lydia and I, we had great conversation driving up from uh, Reagan Airport. This is the 1984. This is the brave new world that we're living in. And, you know, young people, I just got to ask, why do you want to hang out with control freaks? Hmm. I mean, if you're on a college campus, why do you want to hang out with the people that are going to tell you what you can see, what you can eat, what you can wear, what you can drive? You know, all of this stuff. I thought, you know, me being a dad, now grandpa, you know, my daughters always say, leave me alone. Let me do my own thing. But now you've got, you know, big government coming in and telling you exactly everything. You know, Flying up here, and we were discussing this, 
I am sick and tired of hearing the cost of drone in the airport. The TSA, you know, the law says that you must wear a mask in the, in the airport. Not failing to wear a mask will result in a fine or criminal penalties. And I'm thinking, say, what law? There's never been a law. I think Thomas Massey tweeted this. Yeah. We never voted on that. that no, never that's what I said. There's never been a law. <clears throat> and what is a law? I mean, I remember Schoolhouse Rock, and it kind of taught you how you get to become USAR as a bill, and then you become a law. There was never a law that says that we have to wear a mask in airports or, or, you know, wherever. But see, when you are constantly droning people with this messaging and, and what you see out there in the public space, then all of a sudden people become the mindless lemmings and they just accept it, much the same as you saw in 1984. And so I would say to everybody that's out there, the next time you're in an airport or someplace and someone says that, you know, you have to follow this law, ask the person, what, show me the law. When was it signed? When was it passed? When was it signed? Because it was not. And so we are moving away from being a constitutional republic to being a constitutional monarchy where someone's just sitting back and signing stuff. It's, it's, it's not even necessarily a monarchy. It's something, it's despotism. It, it's, it, it's, it, yes. You, you, you've, you, you saw it with these governors. It's totalitarian. Yeah. It was remarkable. Uh, Cuomo, he killed 15,000 people. Yeah. And nothing happens. Yeah. He's going to get away with it. He got away with it as far as I can tell, right? And he will. That's horrifying. It, it is, really, really is. is. Beyond, or, he or was warned. Whitmer and, and everyone else. He was warned that if he put sick people in these nursing homes, they, he would kill them. And he had the Mercy vessel. He had the Javits Center. And he Never said, used it. meh, kill the people instead. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it. He gets away with it. The only scandal that erupts. Okay, so th- that was a bit of a scandal. But then, oh, no, he inappropriately talked to women mm. and touched them. I mean, that's bad for sure. Yeah. But Wow. He can kill 15,000 people, and the media is more concerned that he was inappropriate with women. Yeah, he did the Bill Clinton, you know, habeas <laughs> grabus. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll tell you one thing. Watching some of these stories about schools and the indoctrination of children, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mixed in my pessimism and optimism. I'm optimistic. Steve Bannon said something, that when these mothers see what their kids are being taught, there's going to be a major revolt, and it's going to cause massive change. And I think he's right. I think, Absolutely. I think when a little kid comes home and tells their mom they're evil and they hate them, the mom's going to be like, what happened to my baby? Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to stand for that. But I'll tell you what makes me really optimistic is what you're talking about with the states, the power the states have. And we've seen it. Ron DeSantis hitting it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Texas is doing pretty good. Pretty good. Eh. I think it, maybe when you're, uh, when, when you're in there. Yeah, I mean, we lost some 10,000 small businesses. And, and really, you know, Ron DeSantis is the gold standard right now. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of things. Look, our border, we should not be sitting around asking for a mother may I from the federal government. We should be doing everything possible mm-hmm. to protect and secure our border. I want to follow up on that a little. If you were going to establish the National Guard, like to protect the border, how would that work long term? Would they stay there for long periods of time? They stay there until we get this thing under control. They stay there until we have, you know, driven the cartel uh, into to being irrelevant. Uh, they stay there until we make sure that we get that situation because you got to stem the flow, uh, and then you have the ability to, you know, start the deportations, start arresting people, start getting them out of the state. But you got to stem the flow, and no one is stemming the flow right now. Would it, would it be like building facilities for them to live at on the border? And then you just line up like basically bases, National Guard bases. Well, I mean, you can set up some temporary type of housing, but the bottom line is that you get biometric data and you say, "Have a great day," and go back across the uh, the Rio Grande River. I mean, you're not coming into Texas to, to hang out, okay? You you come across, and, and, and that's the deterrent. That That's the deterrent that was there, the remain in Mexico policy of President Trump. 
that the Biden administration flipped. And I think it's Section 42, which is the, you know, the COVID uh, emergency uh, uh, order that uh, President Trump put in place. If they lift that, then Katie barred the door. There's even more people that's going to come across. I think it's it's remarkable that taking control of your borders is racist, according to Democrats. Well, you know, like I said, I ain't really black. But but then again, you know, Tim, that's what I'm saying. I'm not responding. Right. To those in just do it. Just do it. Right. And and that's the problem of Republicans, because they put themselves in the box in the in the corner uh, that the left is trying to create for them. It's just saying, you know, I'm tired of your name calling. We're going to do what's right by the rule of law. Absolutely. Let's take super chats. Yes. For those that have not already, give that like button a little tap. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, share the podcast. And uh, check out TimCast.com. We're going to have a spicy bonus segment or members-only podcast episode. It'll go up tonight around 11 or so p.m. And we're going to be talking about um, – I can't give you the full name. I'll just call it the Rainbow Bleep Bleep Monkey because YouTube <laughs> is a little too spicy for YouTube. But this is serious stuff, what they're doing to children. And it's not just in America. So we'll talk about that. Many of you may be familiar with the story, but we're going to get into that one. But let's read some Super Chats. James Kud said, new TimCast.com member, full-time soldier in the Texas National Guard. Come visit our great state, Tim and friends. I would love to. Yeah, but, you know, we were we were looking at a bunch of states before we settled on here. My fear with Texas is all the people from California and Arizona, they're, they're coming. They're coming in. They're mm-hmm. going to start voting. There are two types of people, as, as we talked about, I think, uh, before we went on camera. They're the folks that are leaving California, Illinois, New York, New York, and New Jersey that are sick and tired of those places. They're conservatives, and they want to be in a place like Texas for the right principles and values. But then when you transport those large uh, employment bases uh, and you see where they're settling in, they're settling in in North Texas. They're settling in down there in Houston, Harris County. That's the concern. All of the major urban population centers in Texas Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, uh, El Paso are controlled by the left. And that's the playbook of the left is to come in and take over the urban population centers where you see the largest amount of crime and all of these things. We have got to get into those urban uh, population centers and exactly what we've done, engaging with the Hispanic community, engage with the black community. They're conservative in nature. We just got to remind them of that. All right. We got Zachary Birdie says, Lieutenant Colonel West, Texas voter here. Governor Abbott has made it clear that marijuana decriminalization is off the table while he is in office. How do you view the issue of marijuana legalization? I support medical marijuana, but as far as legalizing uh, marijuana, look, I'm probably not the guy to talk to about that. I've never smoked, never drank in my life, definitely never taken drugs, and I don't want to see that become a gateway to something even greater. And when you look at some of these other states that have legalized marijuana, uh, such as in Colorado, they have some other issues. I know everyone saying that that's a great boom for the economy, but even 60 Minutes said that uh, it is not uh, going very well as far as the marijuana growth. Why? Because the government comes in and they institute regulations, okay? <laughs> you know what it has done, though? It's it's uh, it's hindered the cartels very much so. It makes it really hard for them to compete when you've got Colorado yeah. with all yeah, their they, legal. Yeah, but profession. they're shifting the fentanyl. And, and yeah. so remember. And avocados, actually. No joke. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm not a big guacamole guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if you look at what just recently happened, I think about a month and a half ago here in Washington, D.C., one of the largest fentanyl bus was right here in washington dc enough fentanyl to kill 21 million americans sinaloa cartel now where's the sinaloa cartel operating across from across from texas so that shows you how that affects you 
I get, with medical marijuana, I, I get concerned with red flag laws. So if someone goes in and they're like, I have an elbow injury and they get medical marijuana, that's cool. But when they go, I, I have stress and then they get medical marijuana, then they get put on well, a list. Well, you've got to be very careful. I've got some very dear friends and their son has these epileptic seizures. And, you know, it's been proven that that can help assuage his uh, epileptic seizures. Yeah, CBD. Absolutely. And so those are the type of things we have to look at. But, you know, going in and saying, hey, man, I just stumped my toe. I got a hangnail. I need some, you know, the THC. Nah, that's not what I'm talking about. It's the about. CBD that's really CBD good. is very Non-psychoactive. Absolutely. All right, let's see. Jackson Kai says, Tim, would you consider having Robert Barnes on the show? He's followed you for a long time and said he'd love it, he'd love it if you've had him on. Has a lot of inside info from Trump to Rittenhouse. We will, uh, yes, absolutely. We'll figure out the schedule and we will look into Robert Barnes. I recently watched an episode of uh, Viva Frey and Robert Barnes, of course. I am very familiar with who they are. All right, Josh L. says, big fan Tim, Ian Lydia, and Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. I'm curious what Mr. West thinks of military movies. Just watched The Tomorrow War. Are there any very realistic movies, military movies you'd recommend? Well, I will tell you without a doubt, when you look at uh, Black Hawk Down, that was very realistic. Um, uh, I love, you know, the Saving Private Ryan. I think the Saving Private Ryan, when you saw that op- those opening moments of what happened at D-Day, it reminded people that bullets do hit bodies yeah. and they hurt bodies because we kind of got this belief uh, after Desert Shield, Desert Storm 30 years ago, that it was kind of like, you know, video games or what have you. So those are the type of movies that uh, that I really appreciate. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, last night I was watching the uh, the French and Indian War, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Do you see Platoon? Yeah, I saw Platoon, but, you know, that was kind of over the top. You you took everything that was bad about Vietnam and you put it in a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Uh, and my older brother was in Vietnam. Uh, were there problems in Vietnam? Absolutely. But I think Oliver Stone, you know, took that from a political approach. Mm. It was like modeled around his time, too. He served in, in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I think that was a lot about his, his personal experiences mm-hmm. he tried to tie in. All right. Let's see. Emerus Lilium. Uh, Aramuris Lilium says, for Alan West, first, thank you for your service. Second, I'm going into the Air Force as soon as a geo, uh, force soon as a geospatial intelligence analyst. Any words of advice? I will, I will tell you that, you know, what I saw recently from uh, General Milley, who's the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Chief of Naval Operations also, I'm very concerned about the politicization of our military that we are starting you you know in the military we take a note to the constitution but it is almost getting to the point where we're trying to make people take a note to an ideology and critical race theory should not be uh, being implemented in our united states military you cannot have an effective and cohesive force if you're telling one group that they're oppressed and the other group is an oppressor and the other thing that concerns me the uh, lieutenant colonel who was relieved of command in the in the space force because he spoke out against Marxism. Well, Marxism right. is the antithesis to our Constitution. So if we're getting to the point where we're going to punish commanders in the military for speaking out against something that once upon a time I stood on freedom's ramparts, you know, to fight against the old Soviet Union. Uh, but I will tell you, go into the military, honor your oath that you're taking, and uh, always remember that even after you take off the uniform, your oath remains. Right on. Brandon L. Martin says, Tim, have you thought about bringing on the average voter to the show? The well-known political pundits are great, but it would be interesting to see average voters and hear their voices on current events. We did talk about that for some time, getting some like regular working class people onto the show. But actually, I think what works better is doing a different show with regular working people. So some kind of uh, either uh, one or the other or both. 
panel discussions where we have like a few different people talking, you know, and we can ask questions and then actually just having like an open forum discussion. The original idea we had was to bring the van to various parts of the country and then do interviews with regular people. Just like come up and talk to us, kind of like change my mind like Crowder does, but more just we're not going to argue with you. We're going to ask you basic like, what do you think about Donald Trump? Get the answer. What do you think about the lockdowns? Get an answer. Then COVID happened. So but we're expanding. We're, the next show we're going to be launching is the, the, the mysteries show. We have a name for it. It's going to be epic. The stories are awesome. And then we've got Chicken City, which is silly and very, very easy to set up and kind of just a side thing. But we're going to be doing this like regular people in the world kind of stuff, some man on the street stuff. And we're getting that. We're also going to be doing short documentaries, on the ground investigations. We have now, I think, what do we have seven people working in the newsroom so far and the site's going to be launching soon. If you were watching earlier, we had an alpha version. You could see the site for a brief moment. There's a lot of work that has to be done on it, but it's going to be great. Hey, I want to touch on Chicken City for a second. The early yes. bird is the rooster, by the way. Uh, he gets, he's making sure everybody gets that worm. I think that he's screaming the rooster in the morning because mm-hmm. he wants to wake people up to eat, either because he wants to get fed or he's waking up the other animals to go get the bugs and the worms because it's 4.40 in the morning. No, no, he, he doesn't scream in the morning. He just screams all the time. Dude, <laughs> he'll come up to you a foot away from your face and look at you and then scream full volume. That's right. Over and over. Yeah, like in the middle of the day. It's he's amazing. not He's not screaming because it's the morning. He's screaming because he woke up in the morning. He wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm awake. <laughs> he just yells. What he, what he does. It's hilarious to watch him. It's, 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 it's really funny how he – like uh, – um, Man, chicken, chicken, uh, rape culture, man. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's like the so rooster yeah, just. It's the dark underbelly of chicken life. <laughs> that rooster, man, he's not playing around. We didn't know we had a rooster. We didn't get a rooster. Yeah. It was, it was assigned a, ma- a female at birth mm-hmm. and then grew up into a guy. And we were like, oh, I guess we have a rooster, but mm-hmm. we wanted one anyway. So, so he we wasn't identifying. <laughs> you know, we thought it was a hen yeah. until it started to go through, you know, chicken puberty. Yeah. <laughs> and then we called the farm and he was like. And no puberty blockers or hormones. No, no, none of that. None of that. No, none of that. Good. Yeah. yeah and now, now, now it's, it's huge. He's a big rooster. He's a big beast. He's big gonna boy. get bigger too. I like yeah. that guy. Yeah, he's well fed, to put it mildly. They, they, we, we let him in the farm. They stole all the tomatoes. They went right for the tomatoes, stole as many as they could. <laughs> it was hilarious. They were like, one was running around with a cherry tomato and I chasing it. Ah, it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. All right. Let's see where we're at. The sinister sibling says, I'm not American, so I don't fully understand. In my opinion, haven't the Texas Democrats essentially forfeited their positions of power in the Texas state government? Yes, they have. And that's one of the things that uh, people are talking about is that can you declare that uh, those seats have been vacated and uh, you can declare for a special election to replace those individuals? Right on. All right. Bryant Chacon says, as an American born to Cuban immigrants, I spent several summers in Cuba and have seen the poverty firsthand. Great to see them standing up. Libertad. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. P. Nilsson says, as a Texan, please tell Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, thank you for using his position in helping pass HB 1927 constitutional carry in Texas. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's a sad thing that uh, Texas was not the first state to get constitutional carry passed. It was the 21st. And and doesn't Texas have like a, a course to get a handgun license or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that you can still, if you want to go through that course to get your uh, concealed carry permit, but that gives you reciprocity with other states. But if you can pass a background check, I mean, that's your weapon and the Constitution is your permit so you can carry that weapon. That's what constitutional carry is all about. That's right. Bernie Sanders has it in Vermont. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. K. 
Kiyo Katsoma says, should I be worried trying to find a based lawyer in Chicago? My equity and inclusion director is inviting us to training to talk about how whiteness impacts us as an organization and individuals. I don't know, man. Probably Chicago might be hard, but the Chicago suburbs are actually fairly moderate. And if you go a little bit further out, you'll find a lot of Republicans. I mean, Illinois is almost entirely Republican except for Chicago. But I would think that, you know, employees have to start coming together and filing, you know, class action suits to saying, you know, you can't, you know, I'm here to work. I'm here to, these are my duties and responsibilities. I'm not here for you to indoctrinate me into a certain ideology. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got. Um, let's see. I don't, actually, I think YouTube would ban us if I read that one. So, you know, sometimes we just keep going. James says, I'm glad I'm a TimCast.com supporter because YouTube is going to demonetize this video. You know, surprisingly, we do get, they, they demonetize basically every show and then we put it up for review and then they monetize it. So Pretty we don't, soon, yeah. we don't really rely on ads on the YouTube version of things. Mm-hmm. We started putting ads on the podcast version of things and, uh, but super chats help make this show keep it live. You know, that's, there's a lot of risk to being live because yeah. we've had, I think, four instances where people have said things where it's like, YouTube will ban us. But so who, would have like- ever, who would have ever thought that we would be living in a United States of America where you had to be worried about your speech, your expression, your right to uh, peacefully assemble, or your right to petition your government for redress of grievances? I mean, right. like I said, I'm 60 years of age, and I would have never thought that what I saw when I went over through Checkpoint Charlie to East Berlin in 1985 would be happening here. I mean, I just, you no. know, the Stasi and all of this stuff is happening here. Very the weird. fact that you have Nancy Pelosi telling the Capitol Hill police that they can go down into Florida and, you know, start to go and, and investigate people. And that's crazy. Yeah, it's really weird. There, there have been a few super chats. I've said this. We got this one from JS. Alan West must run with Trump. I am highly impressed. <laughs> one, one person said they wished you were the VP choice instead of Pence. That would be awesome. Yeah, 2016. Oh, well. Had you considered that? Or is that just something you, you know get what asked you know? Yeah, yeah, you, you don't like run for VP. You got to someone has to want you to do that. Invitation. Yeah, but right, well, right now <laughs> the most important thing is that we have got to get Texas under control because they are targeting Texas, and if you destabilize Texas, the country's gone. Mm. Michael Ford says, as a lifelong Texan, I love Greg Abbott, but I love Colonel West. It is going to be a hard-fought election. If Abbott wins, at least Mr. West will force him farther right. Yeah, but the sad thing is that that that's a politician's way, that I am just going to change my my policies and my views and my visions just to get reelected. And if that's how you feel about what Greg Abbott is going to do, what does that say about what you're voting for? Yep, that's right. It's a good point. All right. Greg Duvier says, I became a member last Friday since you pulled your video from YouTube. I've been enjoying listening to Tim and Ian uncensored. Oh, yeah, we swear that it's not family friendly. <laughs> Yeah, so the this this YouTube version is more beep, of a PG thirteen. Yeah, get beep. ready for this. Oh, we don't yeah. we don't believe in the members no, only. Oh, no, it's live. Yeah, no. Okay. The, okay. YouTube is the more PG thirteen. Okay, you know, and plus YouTube's got ridiculous communist rules that we would get banned instantly if we said a name like it's ridiculous. Yeah, so we do what we can. We do what we can, and the members it, it, only. You know, suffers. but again, it just drives me crazy that there are men and women who have served and sacrificed and committed and lost their lives to defend the Constitution and the rights that you have, your Bill of Rights. And we got these people that are just spitting in your eye. No, it's crazy. This this technocracy, technocracy, this technocracy that's building, technocracy rising, I'm done with it. Yeah. We need this. We need to free the software code, disassemble power from these things, and give it back to the people by creating a free software and, social network. And it's a mobocracy, too. Mm. 
It's terrifying. Yeah. And I know the republic is built to prevent against that, but these re- representatives also are getting bribed, so... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm interested in taking them out of the equation if we can and, and you know. What do you mean? Voting Pe- people out and stuff? Yeah, instead of having f- yeah, one person represent. Yeah, be careful what you say because the next thing you're going to say, well, Ian said he wanted to take people out of the yeah, equation. In- instead of having 430 representatives that each person is beholden to, I don't know how many, 70,000 Americans, just have these 70,000 Americans vote yes or no on a, on something. It goes to a, a computer. The computer will say the tally is yay or no. And then eat for, That's called a referendum. They do you that. have 430 of those yay or no's, and then you add them together. You don't need a, a person to collect it and say well, it for you that's going to get bribed and lie and do what they want. Well, then you have to get involved in the system to make sure that you have someone that is participating in a representative democracy. Because the fear is that you, you, know, you don't want a pure democracy. A pure democracy leans itself toward tyranny. Now, referendums, that's something that you can have at the local level. Case in point, uh, the Austin City Council, very far left-leaning. They came out with that homeless camping ordinance. The people down in Austin, and Austin's a very blue city. They said, you know, what? how many petitions, how many signatures do we need to get that on the ballot? And guess what? They overturned that uh, that homeless uh, camping ordinance in Austin, Texas. Yeah, ref- referendums exist in not every state, but a lot of states. A lot of states. Was that like a direct democracy? You, you get enough signatures. And on an issue. Up, yeah. On an, yeah, and, and, and it gets added yeah, on the ballot. Yeah, California. Those, yeah. That bothers me. I don't like direct democracy because mob. But you just calling for direct no, democracy. No, I want a, a more direct republic. So rather than have these these House members that are basically fielding their Who constitu- drafts the bill? Uh, the populace could. So I mean, I, I love the so national initiative for that for that situation. Well, I, you could allow them to still draft bills, but maybe not vote on them. The, the representatives? Yeah. I don't think that system quite makes sense. I don't know, man. They're getting bribed. And that's they're, well, it's, they're, it's a they're, big vulnerability in the system. There's, there's, which, here's what you got to understand. It's not necessarily that they're getting bribed. There was this famous moment where Marco Rubio was accused of taking money from the NRA, which has corrupted him. And he says, no, no, no. no. I think it was Rubio. It might have been Cruz. Mm. He, I think it was Rubio. He it said, Rubio. yeah, I don't take money yeah, from the NRA. It's that the NRA gives me money because they like my views on gun rights. Yeah. yeah. And we take them out to lunch and then they're. So what's really happening is not bribery. It's that the, the candidates you see up top are the ones who have the acceptable views by the various special interest groups. Mm. Yeah, right. That's what we're told. Now, Bernie Sanders and Trump got a lot of donations from regular people, though, and that pushed them up to the top. Mm-hmm. Bernie, however, for very obvious reasons, is not strong enough to break the door down into the establishment. And Trump was a little bit more than was needed to break the, tr- the door down. I mean, he walked up and just kicked it and stormed in. Well, he, didn't, he, did, he did not need that money. Yeah. I mean, he was able to come and, and, uh, and fuel himself. Now, as opposed to a Bloomberg who could have, you know, fueled it, but he didn't have a message. Mm-hmm. And, and he was just all over the place. He was yeah. the hypocrisy and the irony just lived through him. It's going to get real interesting next year. 2023 and 2024 because right now we're in the lull we're in the calm before the storm the presidential election ends everybody's a little burned out tired no elections no big yeah. next year's the midterms oh. republicans if they take back that house ooh, 
What will they do with the power? Uh, probably not a whole lot, but the Democrats are still worried about it. Well, remember, though, remember what history, yeah, history has shown that Bill Clinton, his first midterm election, lost 54 seats, contract with America, Newt Gingrich. Barack Obama lost 63 congressional yeah. seats in his first midterm election. So that's why it comes back to H.R. 1 and S. 1. That's why they want to have all of these things that they did in November 2020 codified into law right so they now. can protect themselves. Absolutely yep. right now. Yep. So they can protect themselves about what's going to come down the pipe next. November. Yeah. All right. Crafter says, Alan West, you're a great inspiration, and I'm happy to see you on the TimCast IRL again. Tim, thank you for having Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on again. Hello, and thank you to Ian and Lydia and all those making TimCast IRL. Canadian, but the border is concerning. Yeah, people in Canada are basically locked up. Yeah, they're locked down. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. It's creepy, man. All right. Let's see. Brandon Tom says, thank you, sir. Regarding the idea of party switching, please explain how the Republicans became the party of small government since the Civil War. I thought the union was the industrialized populist side of the war. Well, I think when you talk about smaller government, what you're looking at is a federal government that is less intrusive. They don't want to have the bigger government policies. Uh, they don't want to be the, uh, the creation of the – look at the, the great society programs of Lyndon Johnson, that uh, the welfare nanny state that was created. That's what they want to try to do. They want to have less regulations. And you saw that during the Trump administration where he said, you know, if we're going to create a regulation, I think he was like four or five have to fall off the books. That's real constitutional conservatism. That's what the Republican Party is supposed to be about when they say the lower taxes, the smaller government, things of that nature. But again, uh, being a progressive has nothing to do with a political party. It has everything to do with how you see the relationship between the individual and the institution of government. And if you believe that the institution of government is sovereign and supreme over the individual, you're a progressive. That's just the bottom line. Progressive is just fancy branding. Fancy branding. Fancy yeah. branding. Absolutely. They were the original eugenicists. Yes. They wanted uh, uh, only, only what, what, what do they call it? They wanted specific people to have kids and not other people it's, they didn't like. It's so messed up because progress is so key and, ne- and needed. But, but, but that that is how they can manipulate language because, you know, why do we not, you want to be progressive? I mean, well, even we good. have, don't you like flow? Don't you want progressive insurance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Greg McCormick. He says, future Governor West, thank you for your service. My pleasure. South Dakota is much like Texas and Florida in regards to freedoms and leadership. However, we however we lack real leadership in the U.S. Senate with John Thune. We need help getting him replaced. Do you have any ideas? No, I mean, I don't know who you could elevate up there in South Dakota. But, again, I think that you're going to see a real, you know, seismic shift across uh, the United States of America. And, you know, once upon a time you had those blue dog conservative Democrats, but the progressive left came in and just wiped them all out. Uh, and I think that you're going to start to see people look in the Republican Party for true constitutional conservatives that believe and, and you know, and will stand by what they say on the campaign trail and not like the previous guy said, well, you know, I'll just move a little bit more this way uh, in order to get reelected. Right. And then after I'm reelected, I'll go right back to the same way. Mm-hmm. And that has been that uh, what they call it, the, uh, the bait and switch yeah. that you've seen a lot uh, from people running on the Republican side. Look. Donald Trump came in and he did exactly what he said. And that was just amazing. A, a, a person that ran for political office that owned up to his promises. Yeah. I think it's yeah. storming. It it's is storming. totally oh, that's storming. Oh, it is. If the yeah. power goes out, we'll panic and then plug in a bunch of batteries. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Are we, are we, we good? I don't know if the storm interrupted, but. No, no I'm good. All right, we're good because this one's a good one. Captain says, Tim, you inspired me. 29 inch M82A1 in <laughs> flat dark earth is on order. 
So we did a video where I took out my 50 BMG M82 and, you know, we set it up and we fired it. We all missed, but we got a glancing shot on the steel target. We were hoping the steel target would actually just yeah. vaporize. In the what was the range? <clears throat> oh, man, it was pretty decent. Uh, I'm not Thousand? sure. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were a bit far away and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had, I, I forgot what it's called. I think it's like an RN52 or something. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Breach loaded, uh, uh, 50 BMG. Wow. Yeah, that hurt. And I didn't, I didn't fire that one. Cause that's the, so that's just, you, you, you put it in, you screw in the back, and then it goes all the force into your shoulder. So Luke fired around, and friend Luke, and the shockwave shut my phone off. Cause I was standing right next to him filming, mm-hmm. and then my phone just turns off. And I was like, oh, come on. So I, I, they were like, go behind on yeah, the next one yeah. because you're gonna hit. And it was like, but with the, with the M82, it's, it's semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that energy gets used for the reload. So it's, it's actually not that bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a whole lot of fun. Do you have favorite weapons you've used over the years? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite is the M1 Garand. I, I oh, have yeah. uh, one of those and, uh, I just love going out there because, you know, uh, General Patton said that was the weapon that changed World War II. Does that use a clip? Yeah. Wow. It's so cool. I mean, you, you find it, bing, it pops right out and there is, it's just an awesome weapon. What was it oh, that, yeah. that turned the tide of World War II? Uh, I think it was the ingenuity of the individual American soldier. Uh, and if you think about what happened on D-Day, uh, centralized control. They could not reposition the German forces without the approval of Adolf Hitler. Oh, wow. And that just uh, enabled us to maneuver and do what was necessary. And uh, we got that foothold into Normandy, and then we marched inland uh, across France. And, and don't forget, it was the Soviets who sent wave after wave of their own men to their deaths <laughs> that overwhelmed the, the, the Nazis on the on the no, on Stalingrad. Know, front. Yeah, but but that's that's forty two. It, it's funny because we make fun of the, the you know Futurama Zet Brannigan. Like I send wave after wave of my own men. Actually, yeah, the Soviets were just like cheap crap and lots of it, yeah. and they sacrificed just people. They would send people without weapons behind the people with weapons. So when when they would get killed, they'd run up and take their oh, weapon yeah. and keep fighting. Yes. <laughs> Enemy at the gates. Oh, I didn't see it. Super you didn't brutal. see the movie Enemy, no. Enemy at the gates. I'll check it out. Yeah, about the uh, great Russian sniper Vasily Zaitsev. Whoa. Jeez. Yeah. All right, let's see. What do we got here? It's Leo says, I am 23 in Texas who wants to wants desperately to make things happen that will defend our freedom. The problem is I have no idea where to start. Mr. West, what do you advise as a fellow Texan? Do I run for office? Yeah, absolutely. And let me, let me tell you why. Uh, down in Kerrville, Texas, 19 years of age, Roman Garcia decides to run for city council against a entrenched progressive socialist. And ended up beating her by 12 percentage points. Wow. And I think that it's so important that we get our young people, instead of telling them to go and door knock and, and phone bank and everything, let's get them in the city councils. Let's get them in the school board. Who knows better about what's going on in our schools than someone that recently graduated from those schools? And so that's how you build your farm team. So I would say go out and see what you can do there locally in your city council and school boards and get engaged and get involved. Right on. All right, Abe Eckstein says Larry Elder just announced he's running for governor in California. Wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Is that true? Well, yes, it is. That up. Larry Elder, California. Yes, yes, that would be That's absolutely awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I would not want to debate Larry Elder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to. I'd be like, yeah, let me know. I just, I'll take your word for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need yeah. to debate him. He can give me advice. You know? Yeah. Have him run California. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. So yeah, the problem with California is um too big. No, no, no. It's 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 the exploitation of of the ignorant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh John Stewart 
liberal daily show said, we need some kind of draft where people will, will serve the community for a certain amount of time because we've lost that connection to the community. Absolutely. He was basically saying service guarantees citizenship. It does. But you have a lot of people right now who have nothing. They're not tied in any way to the system, so they don't care. They just want from the system. I tell you, man, nothing bothered me more than seeing friends of mine, some skateboarders that I knew, posting videos of them being like, I'm doing what needs to be done and dropping their mail-in ballot. And they're like, we got to stop Donald Trump. And I ask them like, oh, what did Donald Trump do? Well, he's just bad. How is he bad? You know, he's like, he's a fascist. What does that mean? I'm just saying, man, like we got to, bro, if you can't tell me what you're talking about and you have just stepped in. And voted for something you didn't know. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem isn't any one man. The problem is an ignorant population mm-hmm. with no with no care in the world for community who are saying, I saw something on the TV, so sure, have whatever you want. Well, the amazing thing is that you got an organization that calls itself Antifa, mm-hmm. which means anti-fascist. But what do they do? They beat up people that have points and insights and perspectives different from theirs. That's the I mean, they beat up small business owners. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they'll, they'll come back to the, they'll come back at with you with the academic definition of fascism as authoritarian nationalism. The problem is, sure, but Germany was taking over other countries. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure, like, when he was like, we're just taking the part of Poland that's ours, and then we're going to invade Poland. And France, eh, that's ours too. And Czechoslovakia now. and everything else. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, it's, it's world domination. Yes, it is. So as far as I'm concerned, I just look, it's fish, I'll say fascistic or authoritarian. Yeah. They do the same things. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you what's interesting is that Antifa is also identitarian. They, they believe race should be a core component in law. Mm-hmm. Well, they have that in common with Hitler. Well, the whole social justice thing is nothing but the forcible mandating of equality of outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all it equity. is. Equity. It's not justice. No, it's, it's different. Not. Yeah. yeah. It's equality of opportunity. It's not equity. That's someone sitting somewhere else and saying, how do we make sure everybody's the same? Social yeah. egalitarianism is not a premise of the United States of America. Here's a good one, though. John Curry says, would Alan West be willing to be Trump's chairman of the Joint Chiefs in 2025? Well, to be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you have to still be in the military. Oh, there you go. Could you, like, get Everybody's re- just like, we need re- Colonel West. Could they, like, put you back in the military? No, it, it, as a civilian, you know, I could be a Secretary of Defense, but I can't be a chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Oh, okay. All right, I can't read this name because it's Cyrillic, and they said no notifications. There's simple reason. I've just discovered I got unsubbed from three of your channels. No. Random YouTube glitch. Ha. Ha ha. That's right. It's always a, it's always a glitch. Maybe isn't a th- it? third party app uh, possible. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It, uh, it, perhaps. But, uh, you know, it's always funny how these glitches happen, isn't it? Yeah. Behind so the scenes. Weird. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We'll try and grab a couple more here. Pretty Boy Jeremy says, question for Alan West. With the concerns of school boards shutting people down, what's your thoughts on parents' duty do they need to do more? Yeah, the parents need to be engaged, and the parents uh, look up what happened at uh, South Lake, Texas, with the Carroll Independent School District. Before there was critical race theory, there was the Cultural Competency Action Plan, and they were trying to force this into that school district. What did they do? They came together. They created the South Lake Families Pack, and uh, normally in a municipal level election, school board, whatever, if you get six percent turnout, you're pretty happy, right? They had forty-one percent turnout. And they went out in their community. They found good quality people to run for school board. And the margin of victory against the left was 40 percentage points. Wow. NBC News story. Uh, and, and so that's what you have to start doing at the community level. Once again, getting engaged, finding out who is on your school board and finding those candidates can run against them and support them and resource them. And then you continue on. All right. So we got two pretty important ones. We got 
Scrog says, I cannot find his governor donation website, Texas Voter. West4Texas.com. West, the number four, Texas.com. All right. Thank you. Mitch Marco says, longtime listener, member, and first donor. How are, I believe he's asking, how are you similar to Governor Abbott and different from him, and why are you better? Well, I'm similar to Governor Abbott that I'm a Texan and I'm an American. Uh, I am different from him because I don't believe in begging for permission from the federal government. I believe that as a governor, it's your responsibility to protect the people. And the other thing that uh, you will never see me do, no elected official has the enumerated power to decide who or what is essential uh, in the state of Texas or anywhere in the country. The most essential thing in America is liberty. And Benjamin Franklin said, those who would surrender essential liberty for temporary security in the end don't deserve neither liberty or security. And we'll lose both. And that's right. Yeah. Lose both. Julian McBain says Republicans and libertarians need to dump money into deep blue districts to see things change. I think that's actually important. Yeah. You got to go in behind enemy lines. And so, yeah. you know, as the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, you know, you sit down and you look at the battlefield and you see what what is the enemy going to do? Because you got to base your plan on what the enemy wants to do. So the Democrats want to go after the suburban soccer mom. They wanted to go orange man, bad. Trump is hateful. He's a misogynist, whatever. And so I said, let's go into the Rio Grande Valley. We have never gone down and engaged and let's connect with the Hispanic community and get them to understand that they're conservative in nature. And look at what happened. And that was the news story about how we flipped the Rio Grande Valley uh, in November 2020. Right on. A lot of people are mentioning it is West, the number four, and Texas.com. A lot of people are Correct. posting it. So Thank you. All right. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll get in a couple more. SDP says, Governor West, wink. I'm curious your thoughts on Abbott from Tennessee. Uh, uh, and am milk Tim to lukewarm on my governor and yours. <laughs> America is craving statesmen again, and it's yeah. just about time. Well, the important thing I always tell people, I'm not running against Greg Abbott. I'm running for Texas. And I want to show an example of leadership that people will want to rally to because it's not about uh, my interests or special interests. It's about the Texan interests. And uh, our tagline for our campaign is defending the Texas Republic. Because when you think about what a republic means, it means the rule of law and individual rights, freedoms, and liberty. Right on. Rionin Taka says Larry Elder becoming governor of Cali would make leftist heads exp literally explode. I would pay large amounts of money to watch it. Well, you can pay a large of a large amounts of money to help make it happen. I'm sure if Larry is 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 running, I'm sure he takes donations for his campaign, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll have a website set up. But I had heard rumors of it, uh, and I guess it's, it's confirmed. I know that my dear friend Herschel Walker is yeah. uh, moving back to Georgia to run for Senate there. Uh, and I also know that there's a gentleman, another uh, black uh, Republican by the name of Vernon Jones, who has thrown his hat in the ring for uh, running for governor of, uh, of Georgia. And, and understand this, in the history of the United States of America, there has never been a black Republican elected governor. That's right. Never. Oh, that's right. Wow. So that's now right. we could have the chance of three. Mm. Who do you think? Cycle? Who's more powerful, like the mayor of a big city or the governor? The governor. As long as the governor understands that they are the governor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at Cuomo. You know, he was the governor. He killed 15,000 people yeah, and got, got away with it. Done. Yeah, that's right. That's Not even the federal government did anything <laughs> to stop that. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. thanks for hanging out, everybody. We're going to have a special members-only uh, show coming up at TimCast.com. So, so sign up. We're going to be talking about the rainbow blank blank or bleep bleep monkey and that, that fiasco and the targeting <laughs> of children, the indoctrination. It's, 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 a, it's a bit spicy for YouTube. So, again, TimCast.com. Become a member. You can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. 
where you can like the videos and share them to help you know, help us leverage those networks to build a following and move them over to the website. We, we ultimately don't want to be using these sensorious platforms, but we're going to use the, the platform as the, be- to the best of our abilities to make TimCast.com big and massive and do more shows. You can follow me personally at TimCast, and we do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. But I believe, uh, Lieutenant Colonel West, you have a, a website or some social media you want to shout out? Yes, West4Texas.com, the number four. Uh, we found out that Governor Abbott's uh, folks bought the website, WestFORTexas.com. Wow. Hey, look, you know, that shows that uh, people are kind of nervous and scared. But West, the number four, Texas.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of those platforms, we're out there. Right on. Thanks. You can also follow me at iancrossland.net and at iancrossland on social media. I wanted to ask you guys before we rolled, uh, have you ever seen Band of Brothers? Of course. Oh, my, have you seen that? No. Tom Hanks movie about World War II. Th- what is the, uh, airborne? Yeah, it's a documentary of the, uh, 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment. Dude. Kurahi. Yeah, the best. David Schwimmer's in it. But you also need to watch, uh, The Pacific, which is the story of the Marines, uh, and all the island hopping uh, that they did. Also. Oh wow! Also a true story. Have you seen 1917? Oh, of course oh, I have. Amazing. It is. Oh, it God. is, man. Yeah. It, yeah. It just yeah, grips wow. you, dude. Trench warfare. Talk about that movie was. The, fantastic. Yeah, we're all armed with guns, in the United States, but trench warfare. Twenty-five thousand people, two hundred fifty thousand Frenchmen would die one day, as two hundred thousand Germans in one day, one in day. one battle. Mo- the movie is mostly real time. That's yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, oh, man. mostly. Have you been to the Antietam battlefield? This not too far from here. I don't think so. You I guys, so. you guys need to go to the. I mean, that is the worst day of uh, military loss in U.S. history. Twenty-two thousand yeah. in wow. one day. So Antietam is not far from you all here, and of course Gettysburg mm-hmm. is an incredible battlefield. It's, it's still preserved, and you get eerie wow. chills yeah. when you stand there and and just you know being at the Little Round Top or some of the other places. So I, I've been to Antietam. We didn't go to the sites or anything like that, though. Yeah, go to Antietam. Go to Gettysburg. Right on. Yeah, I'm going to be going there this summer. I've been seeing all these signs. I'm like, I got to go there. I got to go there. I have like a whole list, and I'm going to do it around my birthday, I think. Um, Thank you very much for coming and sharing your intergenerational wisdom. Oh, I don't even know what that means, but that's okay. (laughs) She called you you old guy. (laughs) I was young, right? You're welcome. Uh, It it is intergenerational. Just just go with it. It's fine. You're very wise. We appreciate that around here. You guys are welcome to follow me at Sour Patch Lids on Twitter as I attempt to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, this should be a fun members-only segment coming up. We'll see you there. Bye, guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.